Can't Take a Joke podcast. Woot woot. Welcome back, guys. Today, I'm so excited for this episode. We got a really good one. Andrew is not here today. Oh, God. Oh, oh my God. Now we can talk shit about him. Now we can just, you know, have fun, lay back. It's going to be a great time. Thanks for joining back, everyone. Uh, but that being said, we don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Just I'm just <laughs> down for the ride, to be honest. There's it's a super man. nice day. We got some beers. We're just going to kick back and hang out, see what comes of it. So thanks for joining. I'm going to crack one back and just down one. Start Dude. this off. Yeah, fuck guess. yeah. I'm already halfway through mine, but yeah, man. let's cheers. Yes. I'm not down in this, dude. I can't. No, like, dude, your belly will hurt so fast. It's like 3 o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect time to just chug a beer, though. Mm. But you know we're taking it easy. You can just sip on this. Yeah, guy. man, we're just chilling. You don't gotta crush it. There's no party. Yeah, man. There's... So, what's going on? Oh, shit. Well, I'm uh, house-sitting for my mom right now. Yeah? They're, uh, yeah, they went to uh, Colorado to go visit my sister. Mile High City. Well, I mean, like, not city, because Colorado's not a city, Colorado's a state. That's a state. But <laughs> it's up there, man. It's pretty high elevation, 5,000 feet. Yeah, like 5,000 plus feet compared to ours. That's I couldn't, ridiculous. I was talking to my girl, like a few, like a while ago, I was talking to my ex-girlfriend, and um, and we were like comparing elevation, and just driving, like, because we used to drive through like these hills, even here in Virginia, and just see, and you would look down and just obviously see the sights and feel like you're so high up. And, you're, and you know how that feeling, your ears are just constantly popping? Yeah. I can't even put in perspective the idea of going like 5,000 plus elevation. Man, what's crazy is like when you look at the mountains, because you have the Rockies out there oh. that are 5,000 feet. But if you look at, you know, we have the Blue Ridge and the Shenandoah, mm-hmm. the Appalachians. The Appalachians are, you know, maybe 2,000 at their highest. Yeah. So they're not nearly as tall, but they're millions of years older. They've, they're much more eroded. It's a much more ancient mountain range. Around um, here, you mean? Around here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah Appalachias. Yeah. So that's where you get that deep, dense, rocky, you know, coniferous forest. And that shit's so it's cool. Just, it's beautiful. That's something I haven't done in a while is just go exp- just explore nature or, like, take in just how crazy th- those sites are. Dude, like especially just, around us, um, I mean, you have Harper's Ferry, you have the town itself, but you take that hike, you live right there, we're 15 minutes away, Yeah, and that's a great workout, getting up there, you're all the way at the top of that peak, and you get to see the converging of the Shenandoah and the Potomac, you get to see the valley, oh. you go up there at sunset, I mean, and once you start hiking and finding the places near you, not even just near us, but like anywhere you go, mm-hmm. once you start exploring and you know where the places are, I mean, you have that waterfall that you can hike to right next to Harper's Ferry. You have yeah. the Weverton Cliffs. You have, I mean, dude, you can go up to Bear's Den. Everybody knows that. You can see all of Winchester from the mountain. Oh, dude, Bear's so Den. these places and you get an appreciation for it. Right? I mean, Bear's Den is somewhere I haven't been in so long. I don't think since since so before easy, the dude. pandemic, it's I didn't five go. Five minute walk. Yeah. 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 Like it's 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 from wherever. I mean, anywhere in this area, you can drive there 20, 30 minutes, and it's so worth it to just. I used to take that hike with like my whole family. We would just go or friends or something. That was like the place to smoke pot. For yeah, a while. exactly. <laughs> you just go and you just want to go smoke and take, and take a hike. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done that, uh, let alone smoking weed. But I haven't I haven't taken a hike in so long. I want to though, cause I feel like I'm getting out of shape. Dude, we gotta go on a hike, like yeah. log a hike. 
Or just, you know, what, what I always do, I like to just go out, but I know it's like kind of weird, but I always just go on hikes by myself. That's you not know, even weird. Three, four, five hours, just silence by myself, mm-hmm. just walking. No goal, just fucking enjoying the nature, you know, taking that's, a deep breath and just getting away. That's not even, that's not even weird. Cause like, I think, I think that should be a regular, people should do that on the regular. Is I mean, just take a, a, yeah. a nice hike out and just be alone. It's like it's, you know, just find some sort of inner peace. But there's something about finding an inner peace by just aimlessly walking, you know, with no like, because like, you're not like speed walking to a destination, but you're just walking. You're just in the present. <clears throat> yeah, which. And you're just taking it in. Especially nowadays, uh, nowadays, I think a lot of people are just not. Are trying not to live in the present. People aren't enjoying the walk. They're rushing to be somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, you ever yeah. just take a random drive? Every single day, dude. I just go, I'll listen to whatever I'm mixing or just recording or just... If I want to go listen to some music, I'll just drive around and smoke a little bit. Windows down. It's just... That's getting away. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do but smoke and drive. You don't feel like you're... 20 in my pocket, million on my mind. <laughs> There's something about it, because, like, whenever I'm driving around, like, because it's always to a destination, and I find myself getting, like, so heated because you're in traffic and you're trying to get somewhere faster because you have to be there. But something about just the idea of being able to just take a drive. Yeah. You, you don't know. feel rushed because you're like, I don't have to be anywhere. But even that, it's more, it's just the feeling of being rushed. You know, in traffic, mm-hmm. honestly, some decisions are going to get you places maybe 30 seconds sooner. Yeah. And it's like if you sit back and actually enjoy the ride, just calm down, you're not going to feel so stressed. No. You're not going to feel so rushed. But instead, yeah. Like, You'll get there when you get there, man. It's just like fucking Valhalla on the <laughs> battlefields. You want to go to the Hall of Champions and you want to drink mead and, you know, the fucking greatest warriors in history. You need to exercise a little patience, you know? Yeah, that's, that's definitely missing. You need, to, you need to trust in fate. Trust that the gods are smiling upon you that day. You know, you're going to get where you need to be when you need to be there. You don't need to rush to get there. At the same time, it's like, what's the worst that's going to happen if you're late? As opposed to something serious happening. But what's the worst that's going to happen if you're five minutes late to work? Your boss is going to give you some shit or like some passive aggressive comment. And if they're going to give you shit, well, then they can really just kind of go fuck themselves. Yeah, it's like you've never been late before anywhere. Yeah. You never made a mistake? I don't know. I feel like the idea of being late is worse than the outcome a lot of the time. Because like, people make up so much stress about like, oh, I have to be there on time. It's like, well, why? Is someone going to die if you don't? Unless that is your job, which in, in which case, yes, it's important. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's also at the <clears> same time. You should never... Like, always try to be somewhere 10 minutes early. Mm. You know, try to be punctual with your arrival. Yeah. But, you know, if it, every once in a while, if you hit traffic or something happens, mm-hmm. you want to take a few extra minutes, actually eat your breakfast that morning, you know, take yeah. the extra five minutes. Yeah. Change your day. If you don't have time to get breakfast while you're rushing out, take the time. Be a few minutes late. Set the set the tone for your day in the right way. Mm-hmm. Oh, something I love. I have like a minor obsession with our morning routines. I love. What's like, your morning routine? Because I don't really have one besides bacon and eggs. 
I mean, that's a morning. I mean, like, uh, <clears throat> like a morning routine. I, I don't know. Like, I'll get caught in the rabbit hole of YouTube, and I just watch more people like successful. In the what in the morning? No, no, no. About morning routines. Oh, okay. And uh, I mean, sometimes I'll do that too. I was about to say, dude, I'm up grinding late at night yeah. in the morning. Oh, true. Uh, I mean, I try to be in bed around like ten, ten thirty, just because I like to wake up at a decent hour. Because, but like a morning, a solid routine that makes you, you can just go on autopilot. That makes you feel like you, and you're prepped for the day. You know what I mean? Like this morning, like this morning, I woke up. Let's see. Immediately drink water. I did some yoga. I meditated. I worked like worked out a little bit. Not like heavy, but you know, like something wow. to get your blood for like going. Fucking nerd. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that's actually that's badass. Like that's sick. I love it. You gotta be waking up and taking care of yourself first thing off the bat. I didn't do that today. I woke up, I fucking rolled out of bed and ate some bag eggs and cheese. I ate some bags and bacon. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I just made a beat and then lost track of the fucking day. And then you were like, I'm going to be there in five minutes. And I was like, You were like, for real? (laughs) You're like, wait, it's three o'clock. It's like, damn, I was going to work out. Like, fuck. I didn't mean to interrupt your workout routine. Yeah, man. I'm just, I'm trying to get my shit together, you know? It's hard. I'm 21 tomorrow and I don't want to be like an alcoholic or anything. You're going to be 21. (laughs) Yes. Happens. I I realized that though because when I was younger, I didn't really, I mean, I'm, Early teens, I was always that person to wake up at like 5 a.m. every morning. And For real? Yeah, like early teens, before I started like partying or anything. Woke up at 5 a.m. I did like a little chore. I would make my bed, did the dishes, cooked breakfast. The breakfast that I knew how to cook. And then just like, sh- might as well read the paper or something. Like I was like so, I was already like at 12, I was like a 60-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> I was so ready. <laughs> Getting up, reading the paper. I did. I was just like, just, just sipping Glass it. Glass of orange juice. Yeah. Have the tea, have the news on or something. Take your vitamins. Yeah. it. But it's real though. It gets harder. Like, y- y- the older you get, the more you feel you have to take care of your body. Yeah. And I mean, the earlier you start doing it, the better. Yeah. Because when I, um, when Wait. I turn 25, I feel like within that one year from 24 to 25, I feel like I aged like five years. Due to like lack of like Dude, taking care of myself seriously. in a routine. Yeah, it feels like I'm I'm fucking I'm 20 right now. It feels like I'm treating my body like I'm 45. Mm-hmm. Shit is ridiculous. I do that all the time. I wake up sore and I have to fall back asleep for three hours to wake up feeling like a human. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like my mom has so my mom is more young and vibrant than I am, and I'm like, how are you like this? Dude, honestly, I don't know if it's like caffeine or as opposed to nicotine, but. You know, I think uh, what yeah, nicotine. I think it, in the long run, it's like an it's a upper, I guess. But in the, no, in the short term, it's an upper. But in the long term, you're just making your body more tired and yeah. Useless. And you know, I mean, with that, it's not even just the uppers and downers. It's fucking what you're putting into your body. Like how much water you're drinking is regulating how much energy you're getting, how much flow is going through your body. How much food you're eating and what you're eating. Yeah. You no, know, you gotta be eating a lot to keep yourself going. And if you don't eat a lot, then you get groggy like me, man. Yeah. You should. Yeah, that is true. You get like groggy and then you'll get like minorly agitated. I find it amusing. 
But that's First just, thing you should do when you wake me. up in the morning, eat an <laughs> apple, drink a cup of milk, and then do some multiplication tables. Keep uh, your brain on edge. Uh, <laughs> Alex, what's seven times eight? Oh, fuck. Uh, more oh than four. God. I know seven times seven is 49. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Do you know seven times eight? Seven times eight is 56. Because you, well, you, okay, what's, what's eight times uh, nine? Eight times nine? Yeah. Is 76. Is it? Yeah. Because nine times nine is 81. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Nope, that's not it. You know, you're the wrong answer. 72. Fuck, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm not putting in us getting our multiplication tables. <laughs> Yo, I remember multiplication tables. I was on top of math until they added letters and shit. Yeah, dude, what the fuck is up with that? <laughs> Hi. Uh, we don't have anything to talk about. And he's not here, and he's not just making us talk about dumb stuff. So we can... We're flying through that. I think we're doing a good job. Thank you for coming oh, down in the middle of recording, though. It's okay. No, don't even cut it. Don't even no, cut it. We'll no. just... What were we talking about? Um, multiplication? No, man. We are talking about... So, my dad's just like, Hey, Jake, come upstairs. So, I go upstairs. And I just look out the window. And there's just five <laughs> bowls running across my fucking front yard. Like, running? Like, just really confused, man. <laughs> They were just grazing, and then they just were, they were walking up and down the street, and I was like, what the hell? So we called Tommy, our hay guy, because we thought they were his, but they weren't his. So now we just got five bulls corralled in our neighbor's There's backyard <laughs> by their pool. So, let's see if animal Dude, bulls? Are they aggressive? I don't know much about cows. I mean, they're not, I mean, they're, are- they're not aggressive unless you're fucking with them. I guess it depends on what you're doing. If okay, you know like- the bull... Yeah. Like you can't just go in and touch a bull like that's what I'm with Yeah, that's dog. what I was thinking. Like if you know the bull, I guess you can you know real so I don't have bulls, so I wouldn't know actually. Right? I don't know if, if cow if the aggression in cows varies. If somebody knows, tell us. Somebody has cows out there. Yeah, man. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> let us know what we should talk about too. Take viewer input to bromigos forty two at gmail dot com. <laughs> so that is it. 42. I think so. I think everything is. Yeah, I think it's forty-two. I think so. I I forgot. I have it in my phone somewhere, but I forgot. We don't even have the website up yet, though. But it's okay. All right, but now on to the really important questions. Alex, what's your favorite dinosaur? A fucking T-Rex, bro. Why? Are you kidding me? Why not? Expl- yeah, exactly. Why not? Explain to me why the T-Rex is your favorite dinosaur. Have you ever seen Jurassic Park? Yeah, I've seen Jurassic when Park. When I was four years old, I saw Jurassic Park for the first time. And I watched that movie, and I was like, holy shit. When I grew up, I want to be a dinosaur. And then everybody told me, you can't be a dinosaur. I was like, oh, okay. So then I was like, I want to okay, be... Okay, well, Hollywood also had <clears throat> Andrew growing up wanting to be like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't... I just love the T. I love the T Rex, dude. I love the T Rex. Always have. He's That's the motherfucking T Rex. You get that badass roar. Yeah, dude. That's hard. I don't, dude. What's your favorite dinosaur? Dinosaurs were always just my favorite growing up. Same. I the mean, Land Before Time. Land Before Time. Oh, dude. Dude. So first off, really fucked up. Anybody who watched Land Before Time, you remember? Uh, Ducky, mm-hmm. the little—I think she—I don't know which mm. one. It was the the little pterodactyl girl. Like the, no, the Petrie was the pterodactyl. She Petri. was the uh, no Ducky. I forget which one Ducky was. I, she was like always the yep yep yep. Dude, the voice actor was this little girl. I know the story. 
And she was, her and her mother were murdered by yeah. their, like, father. Their drunken father. Yeah, that's crazy. That's such a fucking sad story. Yeah, it's just, that's crazy, man. I think that girl did voices on, um, Ameri- like, an American Tale also. Yeah, she did. She did those, and then, uh, I think she was, like, five or six. And yeah. dad killed her. God damn. Land before time, dude. But, no, man, it was always dinosaurs. Like, you got the dinosuchus, that big ass crocodile. Oh, you know. Oh, like in um. Yeah, you, I know what you're you talking gotta about. Gotta know what I'm talking. Yeah, about. I know what you're talking there about. There was this one. There was like a live action dinosaur show that was just all CG work. But <laughs> wait, wait, was it? It had. It was like a dinosaur park, and it wasn't Jurassic Park. It was like a zoo for dinosaurs. Yeah. And this guy would go in and he would catch and these dinosaurs and then he would bring them to the enclosure and it was like watching it when you were four or five it was like holy shit dinosaurs are real i remember going in school and being like yeah this is real and they were like no dinosaurs like aren't real wait wait so wait, like, wait they were real though yeah exactly. yeah like, okay, okay. Like, not, I, I you, oh like right now <laughs> yeah no they're extinct but i was like damn that shit really just blew me but Man, top tier dinosaurs gotta be the Spinosaurus. Okay, the Spinosaurus is badass. I'm okay. I'm a little mad badass. that the Spinosaurus did kill the T Rex in Jurassic Park three. Well, it deserved to because no. it's far more elite than the T Rex. Okay, okay, because of the hands. Simply because okay, exactly. the hands and the snout and the sail back, dude. Oh. See aerodynamics right there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So it can fly? <laughs> no. <laughs> Makes it move fast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a swift hunter. That's true. I'll I'll allow that. The Spinosaurus was fucking badass. Swimming through the swamps. But dude, we dinosaurs like imagine. Okay, imagine this. Like dinosaurs. You ever play Ark? Sorry. What? Have you ever heard of Ark? No. All right, I'll tell you. Go ahead. Okay. Did you know that? Okay, one dinosaurs don't even look how we think they look. We just put random bones together and assume that this is what they were made up on. And apparently, dinosaurs have more in common with birds than they do with, like, lizards. Yeah, I mean, That's yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and the thing with that, I mean, there are complete, like, we know that some of the fossil structures that we have go together perfectly. Yeah. What we don't have is um, tissue reconstruction. Mm-hmm. We don't know how blubbery an animal was. We don't know. Or they're just chunks. Dude, like, a... a if you look at a penguin's exoskeleton, or a, ex, Jesus Christ, if you look at a, pan, His a skeleton. penguin's skeleton, yeah, dude, its neck mm. is twice as long as its body. It's yeah. yeah. So that so if right you're looking there, at like a brontosaurus or a brachiosaurus, what if they were just like covered in like feathers and shit? Yeah, exactly. They could have been, man. And that's what's so fun to think about with paleontology is. I wanted to be a paleontologist growing up. So did I. It was just, man, that would have been so When sweet. I was like five, I would literally tell strangers, I'm going to be a paleontologist. Exactly, dude. I want to find a T-Rex one day. Because finding, are paleontologists still a thing? Like, what are they What are they yeah. looking for now? They're still looking for bones, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> They're just trying to find, like, really well-preserved <clears throat> specimens. I mean, you fi- they find, you know just like really well preserved specimens frozen in ice or in amber oh yeah they found a lizard in amber that was 340 million years old like that shit's bonkers think of like let alone how many species existed in the past and 
like like now, but think of how many different species lived like hundreds of millions of years ago. Seriously, and like what just how the dynamic was. You can never really know what it was like. I mean, the scientists just found worms um, that were frozen in ice from 36,000 years ago and 42,000 years ago. And they thawed in the ice and they started moving and eating. Like, they were worms. So Fuck that, I mean, though. It was, yeah, but still, it's like, wow. So, a creature from 42,000 years ago is living right now. So worms can't die from being frozen. I mean, I guess, I know there's some frogs mm. that will... I mean, their bodies will shut down. They will freeze. Like a temporary pause. The, exactly. They will go into like a hibernation. That's cool shit. Um, there's a term for it. I forget what it is. That's super interesting. It's sweet. Yeah. Like. Just going into like a cryogenic state. Yeah. We're going to get there. As people, science will get there. Uh, I don't see the like. Not like in five years. It's just like why. Dude, there's people just who want... die with your time. I you don't want to see past that. Mm. No. I guarantee you there's, like, if the science does come to fruition... There's people who are going to do it. Oh, first ones on the boat are going to be celebrities and and political figures. Yeah. I'm going to go and take all like their shit. Nancy... <laughs> yeah. Like, Nancy Pelosi what? is going to be like, I'll freeze myself. All right, well, fucking Nancy Pelosi is going to get in the capsule and we're going to bury it. <laughs> I hope so. Let's do it. Let's do it together. <laughs> Fuck you, Nancy. <laughs> Just like the post-apocalyptic eight people are going to dig her up in 40,000 years. She used her to breed. Why do <laughs> <laughs> Breed what? <laughs> eight people. Skeletor? <laughs> Why do we have people who are like in their 80s and 90s? Because there's no terms running our fucking country. What? Because there's no term limits for Congress. So, yeah, that answers your question. That's how Biden was able to be in Congress for 40 years before running for president. (laughs) Yeah, he was. He was. It wasn't, you know, fucking Trump who destroyed our country. It was the people running it for the 40 years before he came into office. Oh, yeah, exactly. Who was Pelosi and Biden and all that? All the other people I can't name anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's all. I, that's dude. I don't have the effort to get into this today. I don't want to do this. The fucking ah ah. Just do it. Just rant. You just do it. I'm gonna get put on a watch list right now. Do it. I'm making napalm and I'm gonna. No, I'm not even gonna fucking make jokes about making napalm. No, don't do that. Yeah. Get, you can get put on a watch list, but don't say that. <laughs> Dude, come on. I'm already on a watch list. That's Aren't we all? Gotta be. Somewhere. We're all on one. There's a chip about... There's a, literally a whole wall of chips about yeah. every single one there's of us. There's a watch list somewhere. Yeah. My name on it. Why would you be on a watch list? I don't know, man. For Probably shit you said on the internet? Domestic terrorism. And it's not even that because I'm a fucking patriot and through and through the definition. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. translation seems to be lost in the wind, though. Well, yeah, absolutely. There is nothing. I don't know. Like, don't come and take my gun. <laughs> Get off my! He <coughs> took my guns. I was gonna keep going, but I couldn't do that for too long. It's not like you were gonna oh, die. Yeah. No, man. 
I don't know. Uh, you don't come take my guns. There you, you go. You, you can start with the ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get another beer. Guys. Oh, yo, grab me one. No shot. You're still listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> they might. Dude, this is actually a decent episode. This is just no, a... This yeah, this is just a calm episode. Hey, I can make fun of this a bunch. We can. So while Jake grabs the beer... um, I don't know. What... what okay, it... If you guys feel free, just sit on this. What is your favorite dinosaur? I know that was like three topics ago, but what's your favorite dinosaur? Were you really big on dinosaurs as a kid? Because I was. I was obsessed. I knew every species of dinosaur there was. And then all of a sudden I turned like 12 and I forgot all of them. Dude, Thank no, you. you can't forget. You, you know them. It's just like riding a bike. You just got to see it. Yeah, and then well, you remember. I don't know the more specific ones. Like I know like Tyrannosaurus. I know Velociraptor. I know... Dude, uh, you remember the Therizinosaurus? No. Motherfucker with the giant thumbs. Who is that? The Therizinosaurus had the claws that were like, had like six foot nails, like three six what? foot nails, and then it had a thumbnail. That was no wait. That was the iguanodon had that big ass thumbnail. That was the iguan. I know the iguanodon. iguanodon but dude, the Therizinosaurus had the fucking Wolverine claws. Oh, she was crazy. Dilophosaurus, bro. Dilophosaurus. Oh, oh my fucking god. Fucking puffs out and dude, spits, spits venom at you. Venom. All right, yeah. But I can, dude. You gotta fucking, you gotta impress me here, man. I'm starting to see that the extent of your dinosaur knowledge. Is I ha- yeah, I told you I forgot. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know what happened. The um, dude, Pliosaurus. I w- I would not like to be an underwater fish. Were you reading about dinosaurs like this morning? <laughs> is that why it's all fresh in no, your head, dude? I'm always thinking about dinosaurs. <laughs> dude, being a fish in like. The Cretaceous period yeah. would be the most terrifying experience, I think, for a life form. That's pretty much like alligators and crocodiles. I think those are like the oldest animals that we, we have from that period, right? Dude, let's talk about apex fucking predators. Yeah, let's get crocodiles into it. Crocodiles have remained unevolved for 60 million years. Who's going to eat a crocodile? Dude, Not a, they are the perfect predator. If evolution isn't going to take you another step further, you're the perfect predator. Unchanged, you can't go any further. Unchanged for millions of years. You can't get better. You are the beast. You know what happens if you get locked in the jaw? Dude, the bite force could crush Have steel. Have you seen and videos, the death bro? Roll? Oh my God. You're done. You're done. Have dude. you seen videos of them like lunging at like a deer or some or an antelope coming out of the depths? Oh my god, it's so it's fucked up, but it's so cool to watch. In the and they blink just of an eye, tear that shit up. It's the ripples of the water, and they're so patient. Disappear. They're so patient. They literally just sit there and stare for like, like for logs. hours. Yeah, like a log, man. The apex, truly the king of all kings. The crocodile. crocodile. Now imagine a Dinosuchus, a 40-foot-long crocodile. Dude. Fucking, the Dinosuchus was so OP that God had to nerf them, dude. They had to, make, like, they nope. had to make crocodiles, like, at least half, the, like, a quarter of the size. The like, Dinosuchus was just too much of a predator. He was like, you're too big. Everything. Or, like, the, the, the mega shark or something. Dude, imagine if they had, had like, a pattern-seeking brain. And they were, or they even started forming some social bond. You know, a bunch of dinosuchi, I guess. I'm going to roll with that. A bunch of dinosuchi. I'm, I'm, I'll accept it. Banding together as a tribe. They would destroy the earth. They would eat everything. Cause cro- Fuck, dude. They would wipe amphibious. out the entire... I mean, the, Jesus. Yeah, they would wipe out the entire ecosystem. Semi-amphibious, at least. Of water. 
And they can, dude, they can run like 30 miles on land. Yeah. Come on. You see a Komodo dragon run on land, dude? Mm. That's terrifying. <laughs> Have you seen the video of the guy? Like, it's just, oh, what the, he like, he threw his hat or something mm -hmm. over, he lost his hat over the fence at a Komodo, Komodo dragon uh, sanctuary. Like at a zoo? Um, no, it was in, I mean, it was in. Oh, oh, it, it, it's in the was, wild, but they no, like set up. The a... Komodo dragon only exists on Dragon Island. And I'm pretty sure that's in, I mean, that's off, that's in the Komodo region. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you have to get like permits to go there. You're not allowed to go there. Oh, for real? Yeah. You have to be like a scientific researcher to go to Komodo Island and see the dragons. Oh shit. Yeah. No, it's insane. That's not fair. Cause dude, they're, they're the most, they're insanely venomous and they're yeah. insanely fast and yeah. they work together. Like we were just fucking around about the dinosuchus. No, that's they what they actually, do. They fucking do that. They're a team. Yes. They are real life dragons, dude. So you see this man like it's fenced off and there's just this tall grass and you see his hat just sitting there. So he runs in and he goes to get his hat and you just see the second he jumps over the fence and he touches the grass from like four different points in the grass. You just see lines. Just you see the grass just start like <laughs> mowing down towards him and you're like, holy shit. And then you just see them all converge on him. And then you just see like, it all just stops. Wait, they eat him? Yeah, dude. They fucking ate this dude. That's like a real scene from like from Jurassic Park Two yeah, with the man. raptors. Yes, that's, that's terrifying, yeah, dude. Exactly, they're just, just like fucking raptors. Oh my god! And dude, Hayes, <laughs> Hayes <laughs> sends me this video like two days ago. Of there's like this drive-through tiger sanctuary or something yeah. in Japan, and this woman is fighting with her fiance, and she gets out of her car to like. She's just like yelling at him through the window and then she just turns around for half a second and then a tiger just grabs her by the neck and just pulls her into the woods. What the fuck? And like you can see on video the tiger's like four times the size of this girl. This is a big ass tiger. Yeah, tigers don't fuck around. And just drags her off like fucking nothing. Like I just picked up this beer and you're just, just like that. Yeah, exactly. Yo. Just off in the woods. And I mean allegedly, you know, the husband and the woman's mother ran out after and they saved the woman, but then the mother was eaten. Yeah, dude. Why the fuck were they outside of a car exactly. at a sanctuary? A tiger sanctuary. That Why are you outside? <laughs> I saw another video from a sanctuary, <laughs> dude. Of just this woman flipping the hell out. Uh, dude, I forget the dude's name, but she's just screaming at her husband because she's filming. There's just a rhino sprinting straight at her car and what she's stuck fuck? in traffic. <laughs> Where's that? I guess it was Africa a or something. Sanctuary. Oh my god! Yeah, Yo, if I went to those, like, if I was like the, uh, I would go. I would probably hit up one of these sanctuaries, but I wouldn't get out of the fucking car. Not at all, man. When these wild animals are all out there. Yo, if I ever saw a rhino in person, dude, rhinos were my favorite animal. I don't know, cool as shit. Like six, dude. I'm, oh my god, I'm so happy. You know the um, rhinos are starting to come off the endangered list. Because what they've been doing is, again, they're, rhinos and elephants are prized for their horns, the ivory. You right. Know, that's really expensive. So what they've been doing is people on reservations have been painting the horns pink. I heard about that, yeah. Because then it makes them, like, 
And it's this certain the chemical ivory worthless. That it makes the ivory worthless. You can't rub it off and you know that it was poached. Honestly, fucking good. And now you get these stylish-ass rhinos rocking the hot pink horns. <laughs> Shit looks sweet. They're going to a club. Yeah, man. <laughs> with neon. I'm glad we're taking an initiative with the rhinos. That's good, though. With like, everything. Honestly, you're... I will say this on... If you're hunting these kind of animals, you're, you're a piece of shit. I mean, dude, you know what's crazy, though? Still. I'm going to tell know? you what. 2020, Africa reported zero poached rhinos. Kind of convenient how there was a travel ban during 2020. Hmm. 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 Oh. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Alex is going to take a monologue for a minute. All right. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I think you're a piece... Like, if you're continuously hunting these animals and you know that they're endangered, I kind of think you're a piece of shit. Like, people who hunt... I don't know. I would not put them in the same boat as people... Yeah, they're just tourists. Like, I wouldn't put them in the same boat as people who go hunt bears or hunt elk, like, for food. But if you're, like, that person that goes and you shoot down an elephant... Yeah, just to cut down its ivory to sell it so they can make it into a a boot. <laughs> like literally a fucking shoe or a watch. I don't know. <laughs> like what do you what do you weird flex, but okay. Like no one's gonna be like, whoa, what a badass. He took down an innocent fucking elephant. Dude, I I'll tell you what I would do is take a fucking bowie knife to an elephant and then I would cut off all uh, cut off two of its legs and just taxidermize him to wear him as boots. Obviously. Those yeah. are elephant boots. Just full size, like Jesus size. What, like, I don't know. An elephant's gotta be like a thirty, thirty-eight for a size boot. For a boot, yeah. Give it some shoes. <laughs> You're gonna have to put a lot of filling in there. No, dude, I'm gonna wear it as shoes. <laughs> Elephant boots. No, dude, it's fucked up. It it kind of is, man. Like. I don't know. Like, if you're, st- uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I get it. I get the prize, but I now don't. that they're endangered. I mean, it makes it different. And it's more about, you know, just saying, hey, I took down this creature. It's like, okay, it stood there and you shot it. Ooh, big man. Yeah, like, I think that's different than the idea, than someone telling you a story about how a bear tried to attack them and they shot it. You like know, they shot it down. That's a different yeah, story like than... If you're going to go hunting for, like, a, a Bengal tiger with a long bow... You know, that's that savage. Sweet. That that will prove you as a, as an apex hunter. I'd have to shake but your hand. But if you're gonna go hunting after a tiger with like uh, some kind of fucking shotgun, dude, <laughs> suck a dick. Okay, learn how to use a bow. Yeah, like, learn how to use a bow. Well, it's like those uh, people. The people in uh, in have you seen those videos? If anyone has seen these videos from in like other countries, where they have like thirty people and they all have like large staffs and they literally are just over and over again just stabbing an elephant yeah it's that's so fucked up and the elephant's just trying to get away and they're just like stabbing it over and over again i'm like dude how do you not feel so bad it's already in danger leave it alone man like bees bees were almost endangered a few years ago. Dude, the bees. Oh my god. <laughs> when I tell you, everybody went up in arm about the bees. Yeah. We can't risk the bees, man. No, literally. Have you seen that whole, like, like there's a whole cycle. Uh, I would look up and how we need bees. And it's we like do the, need bees. the bees. Yeah, everything will collapse without bees. Bees? <laughs> yeah, the entire, the entire universe. It's all bee movie, man. There won't be any flowers. <laughs> And like somehow it affects people, and then people will die off, and there'll be no plant life, and and other animals will die off. It's insane. Yeah, dude. 
What's your favorite flower? Oh shit, dude! It's on the. I'm about to start my roses up again this year. Yeah. Yeah, the weather's nice enough. I like roses. I'm trying to think of an. A pl- I don't know many flowers. I took environmental class in school. I dude, I was attention. totally about to ask you something before that. Before what were we just talking about? Uh, endangered animals, the bees. Oh yeah, what was your first kill? I've Have you ever uh, had a kill? I've actually I've hunted before, but I've never. Uh, actually, I've only. <laughs> I've only shot a gun like once or a couple of times, and one time I shot a rifle and I gave myself a black eye because I held it too close to my face. It was pretty pathetic, but I was like 14. But I've never actually, sh- I've never shot an animal. My sister did. My, sh- my sister shot a, uh, a deer. And that was a fucking prize, man. But I've been, I've been hunting, but I don't have, me as a person, especially at the time when I went, I think I was like early teens, I didn't have the patience for it. I don't really. I wasn't able to stay quiet for that long, and uh, that says something because I'm starting a podcast, so I'm not really able to be quiet. I want to go hunting again. I think that'd be really cool. I want to try. Um, like I've had like deer meat, and I've had like deer jerky. I've had the scrapple. Scrapple is really good. I'm not really. I'm not against like hunting at all. In that way, because I grew up around it. I'm just kind of against killing. The idea of killing defenseless animals that are already endangered kind of makes me sad. From, but from deer are like... It's more the idea of just killing for the idea of killing, you know? If you're not using it, that's when I'm like... You gotta use every part of it if you're gonna be killing, man. Yeah, because like growing up, I'm used to like... I was like walking into a shed. I think I was like nine or maybe a little older than ten. But I walked into a shed and there were like six deer just strung up and I like walked into one. That doesn't, like, because we would use it, though. We would use it for food. We would use it, like, you know, uh, every part of it had a purpose. And, I mean, if you're going, like, duck hunting or something, you're going to get a few ducks, you know? Take that back, cook it. That's primal, you know? That brings you a fulfillment because, yes. you know, that's your straight-up hunter-gatherer brain. You got your hunter brain. You yeah. got your gatherer brain. You need right? it. You, you you don't need I mean, you need it. Some people need that. You go out and you do that. But you get other people who are just out, like, you know, they're just driving down the road. They see a fucking... They just see some deer, like, sleeping. They just stop their car, stick out a pistol, and shoot at it. Like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Cut this shit out. I don't get D-gens running around. Like, dude, down the back roads... I'll tell you what. Oh, my God. I I'm not, One of my favorite things, again, is just driving around, just listening to some music, maybe smoking a little bit, fucking just riding down with the windows down. Mm-hmm. Just enjoying the day, man. I have my favorite road that I go down... There's this beautiful, like, just a little pond with this rustic barn right next to it, and the sun always sets right behind it. And That's you get so the, cool. You get the sun setting right behind the barn, but then you get the reflection of the entire horizon in the lake. Just, it's beautiful, man, and there's cornfields on both sides. I love it. It is just a simple pleasure. I'll always drive down there, fields of deer, and I always see there's this old man, and... You know, he's always running around. He's got this long white beard, long white, like long white fucking uh, ponytail. He's always out there jogging. And every day, dude, he's wearing this black shirt. And in big white letters, it just says, fuck cancer. And I'm like, dude, I know this man overcame some shit in his life. He's out here running, taking care of himself. I love this shit. And I always know, like, which house is his. He, like, it's just this nice, like, it's a little bit run down. But I can tell, like, he fucking built that shit, man. Yeah, like everything about it, and he has this sweet little mailbox. And I'm driving down the road the other week, mm. and this man's mailbox. Somebody took like a fucking baseball bat to it or something. 
Shit's just broken in half on the ground. That shit enraged me, dude. Because I know there's some fucking DJs who are always just driving around, you know, knocking out mailboxes. People are pieces of shit. Like, don't you got some better shit to do, man? Honestly. No. Be a member of society. Fucking make an impact on something or someone, even in the slightest degree. Don't go around. You know, man, that man's overcoming cancer, built his own house. Fucking, he's out here trying to take care of himself, just mind his own business. And you're going to come down the street knocking down his mailbox? Go fuck yourself. Honestly. Oh my Yo, God. I'll cheers to that. I'll cheers to that. Drink to that dude. Cut the yes. DJ shit. Yes, dude. Ugh. Ah, oh, dude, people are shitty. You know. But that's what that's the fine line between a good person and a bad person, man. The flower that grows through adversity is the rarest and most beautiful of them all. And you gotta learn from what you're doing. You yeah, know? like uh, I understand, you but you can't also sit there and say, you know, I've done shit things. I'm a bad person. You need to cut yourself some slack every once in a while. At that point, you're kind of graying the line of you're not really taking responsibility. I think some people just are like, oh, I'm a bad person. I, that's why. That's why I do these things, and it just erases all responsibility from that. Exactly, dude. It's like a victimization, and you just accept it. But some people need to be bad people, and then accept the consequences to become good people. And that's what makes a good person. Yeah. Or like when you've seen when you've been through like some dark shit, and you have you you have to. You ev- don't know what I've been through. <laughs> everyone has a rock bottom. Like everyone has their own individual rock bottom that they that they experience and then they rise above that and like yeah, man. it really shows you it shows them what life really is and how they want to spend their time that's what's up that's what it's all about yes man oh. mm. you know what yeah. oh speaking of like all that shit you know what show I've been rewatching probably, probably for like the fourth time what's that Bojack Horseman man Dude, that's a great show. That is man. a great. You've watched? Have you finished it? I haven't finished it, but <clears throat> you know that's one of those shows where you'll watch it on. You could watch it on so many different levels. Yeah. You can watch it from its surface level for what it is. You can watch it in a time where you need some answers, and you're gonna get those answers. You know, I think I was thinking about it earlier today, dude. I, I really was, because Will Arnett, you know, he's a brilliant comedian he is a brilliant actor mm. you know some of his stuff you know it's over the top and you can be like oh he's so cheesy but dude no will arnett really puts it in and i mean his comedy has so many layers and dude but when you get into that you see you get the duality of i mean hollywood especially in bojack horseman you, yeah you, it's, it shows it for what it is I mean, who these people really are. Because when I was talking about earlier in earlier podcast, you know, you stop looking at celebrities and idols as people. And, you know, yep. that doesn't just go to your head. That goes to their head as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, watching something like BoJack Horseman where you see the effects, the tolls of fame and just... I mean, it's sick. I love shows that <clears throat> do that. One show that really resonated like that for me um, was Over the Garden Wall. What's you that? See, dude, holy shit. It's a Cartoon Network show. All right, and there's 12 episodes in this whole show. Each episode's 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Watch this shit, man. First off, the soundtrack is the most perfect soundtrack of all time. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. But my buddy Easton and I, we were watching this show, man, and we were both in, like, really dark time. And we were, you know, we were tripping. 
and we watched the show because we just wanted something really light, you know. Mm-hmm. We're both in a bad place. We don't want to watch some dark, heavy shit. We just wanted to actually enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, this looks good. We're both like, oh, yeah, this looks like what's up. And so we turned the show on, man. And first episode, you're watching, and you're like, okay, this is just some goofy cartoon. And you're like, holy shit. Like, wait. There is an existential depth to this. And we bo- at the same exact time, we both turn to each other, and our eyes just get wide. We're like, like this is going to be a trip, man. And we watched the whole show all the way through twice in the I, same trip. I love dude, that shit. It is a journey. It's an odyssey of life and the things that you'll encounter along the way. Things mm-hmm. that, not things like physical, more emotional things. Trials that you will go through that you won't have the answer for off the bat. Things you will need to find for yourself. And when you can get a some kind of guidance like that, especially from media, I think that's where you get influenced in the right ways. That's why I fell in love with BoJack Horseman because exactly. I found it. I found it this show when I was at like a very. I didn't. I barely comprehended the dark time I was in, but I found that show when I was at a dark time. Like, I helped you understand. It did. Like I really related. Like I think. I related to every character on a certain level and like it's it, the humor in Bojack Horseman is it's very goofy. There's so many puns. There's so many, it's, it's very surface level, but the way they balance that, <clears throat> they balance it with the existential crisis that all these characters are going through so well. And I've never identified with the character at the, at the time more than how I identify with, with the main character, Bojack Horseman. And yeah. I don't know. I just I think it's probably I'll say it's the best show because it's like top ten favorite shows. To it it handles depression, anxiety, and addiction and other mental disorders in probably the best way compared to like some other than shit shows like Thirteen Reasons Why, which is garbage. (laughs) Dude, the character, dude, fucking. And you know it's all up to what you like. You know the the character I will relate with most out of anything i've ever watched is kaneki out of tokyo ghoul that's probably not your thing like that's not a lot of people's thing man but it's an anime right yeah and you know you need to get into that shit but once you do you i think anime is brilliant because it's just that's emotion you're able to convey emotion the best way i think because it's very animated very the style exactly you know there's a lot of effort put in it's a lot of it's still hand-drawn which i really appreciate yeah i think i'm very certain i like anime but the only anime i ever i mean i haven't really given it a a chance but i love the movie spirited away dude oh my god studio ghibli spirited away yeah that is studio ghibli is slice of life i mean that's where you get really you know, values of love and family. It's and so... I remember watching that movie in the theater. That shit fucked me up. I was like it six did, years old the first time did. I saw that. This little girl moves to <laughs> a new home in the middle of the woods with her family. And then pretty much, you know, she gets her family gets taken away from her. She's in this whole well, new world. They turn into pigs. Yeah, they turn into pigs. And it's like this... Oh. It's this whole new dimension. And it's like... Everything around her is shifting, and she's just tr- she's hopelessly trying to get things back to normal. And it's just this like it's this trippy mess. But I mean, that's what dude Studio Ghibli really does an outstanding job. I'm yeah. still trying to find a place where you can get all those movies. I love the I you love those. You can't get them like that anymore. Yeah, and it's like and like you said, it's almost like slice of life because like the ending it just kind of ends. Like it end like 
I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. But like the end, it's not like a big triumphant type ending. You know what I mean? Like it kind of just ends with with her just walking away from this dimension. Dude, in Miyazaki, that was his name. Who does uh, Studio yes. Ghibli? Miyazaki, dude. Every single frame is hand drawn. Yeah, which it's is not done art. anymore. It's art. I mean, you can call it what you want. You can say, okay, yeah, this is stupid. I don't like this. It's art in its purest form. It's brilliant. I wish they brought back like hand drawn animation again. I think the last. I might be wrong, but the last time I think America, an American movie was done that way was like the Lion King era. Like, er, like Fern Gully. Yeah, like mid 90s yeah. era. And they don't do that anymore. And you can really tell because now everything is like CG. And not, not that that's like an amazing it's feat. It's easier on people. They don't yeah. care about if it's cheaper or not. They care about if it's easier. Yeah. Granted, though, CG animation, Finding Nemo, and is amazing. Exactly. It looks, I mean, understandably, like it looks better. Yeah. From first glance, you're able to blend in reality with. And, you know an edit that looks like reality yeah and that has its own gleam to it its own art to it but and you can't really i don't think it's fair to put that in comparison with something hand-drawn no so and i think that's where it's hard for i mean i'll always say oh you know like guy Ritchie's better than anything else because you know that's acting it's not cg but you know if i really think about it it's like okay well i'm not going to compare good acting to cg because like how can you like fucking dude number one greatest movie of all time um if you disagree with this i'm sorry like (laughs) you can just really you're gonna have to take a long walk off a short bridge here it's gonna be interstellar just undeniably dude undoubtedly interstellar is the greatest movie ever made I wouldn't say greatest movie ever made, but well, I res- you're wrong. I, <laughs> <laughs> I respect the shit out of it, though. I respect it so much because I love Christopher Nolan. I think Christopher Nolan is breaking br- such new ground with filmmaking. Seriously, man. I think him and Quentin I'm- Tarantino were the last realistic filmmakers. All right, well, fuck Guy Ritchie then, huh? No, okay, Guy Ritchie. Well, no, I meant like right now. What was the last Guy Ritchie film? Um, Dude, Guy Ritchie just did a King Arthur with Charlie Hunnam. Oh, I didn't see that. It was it was brilliant. I didn't see I that. I keep saying fucking brilliant, dude. Jesus. <laughs> no, it really was though, man. You gotta watch that. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie is making movies, but yeah, because Interstellar was bomb. The Dark Knight is still my top favorite. Yeah. Christopher Nolan film. Dar- the Dark Knight trilogy. The Christopher Nolan trilogy, is, I mean they 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 have to be some of the best movies. Yeah. You can't tell me they're not. I mean. You can't even look at it as you can look at it as a Batman movie, and you can say, "Okay, yeah, this is really good." It's not as good as Marvel. First off, it's a lot better. Get the fuck out of here! If if you're sitting here and telling me that any Marvel movie is better than the Dark Knight trilogy, get the fuck out of my face! No, it is (laughs) not. You just shouldn't even be listening to this podcast. No, you shouldn't. I respect what Marvel did because they set up. The, I, respect I respect what Marvel did where yeah. they completely pandered to like a political side and brought in fucking yeah. Brie Larson to just, oh, we can't get ourselves out of this fucking oh, conundrum. What are we going to do? You oh, wanna, don't worry, guys. We have a strong female lead to pull you out of this hole just at your time of need. Not that Go we have anything yourself. against a strong Batman female lead. had to climb out of the fucking pit. That nobody else did that before no- except for What's-Her-Face. 
Oh, you can't fucking you can't spoil that. Yeah, that's why I said. I mean, what, if it, you haven't it, seen The Dark Knight Rises, man, like it came out like eight years ago. But still, I'll give okay, them the benefit fair. of the I doubt. I said, what's her face? So they don't know. Yeah. Could have been Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, Although uh, yeah. it just makes me no Marvel was <laughs> Marvel was what it did was respectable for over the over ten years they set up this whole arc. For what they wanted to do, and they actually <laughs> and they ruined it. <laughs> the last minute. No, I wouldn't say it was ruined. I wasn't. I didn't it feel. Was I didn't feel cheated. Man. I didn't feel cheated. I, felt so, I didn't feel cheated. I felt it, it came out of left field. You know what I mean? Like I was because they literally introduced Captain Marvel one movie before yeah. part two. Mm-hmm. So and then of course they could have wrote around that, but then I just didn't like the way Brie Larson acted on set. Exactly. That shit made me fucking angry. She was arrogant. And yeah, I mean, she was. Dude, don't get me wrong. I'm not admonish. I'm like, I'm not tearing down the movement at all. I think it's amazing. No, I'm tearing down Brie Larson. I'm, I'm not tearing, tearing down, down feminism. Yeah, you're not the face of the movement. Don't put you like. I'm not even gonna get into it. You know what I do feel cheated about though is that Christopher Nolan isn't doing the new Batman. Oh yeah, the Batman is that what? Well, no, I don't even know what it is or what it's about, but I know that oh, it's not it Christopher Nolan. Who's who's directing it? It's um, hold on. There's a Justice League coming out. Um. Is Zack Snyder? It's, it's Zack Snyder's... Uh, because um, a couple of years ago... Um, fuck, I forgot his name too. Hold on. Um, um, Joss Whedon. So when the 2007... Joss Whedon? Yeah, when the 2017 version of, of, of Justice League came out, Zack Snyder had to step away because his daughter uh, passed away, unfortunately. So he had to step Jeez. away from the project. Yeah. So Joss Whedon came in to co-direct, like... I think like 40, 40% of the movie. And so Zack Snyder is coming out with his own version, like a four hour long justice league version on his own on HBO. Um, I think it's with all the same characters. Cause I really not thoughts and prayers to Zack Snyder because of that terrible incident. But I really think DC dropped the fucking ball with, with the DC cinematic universe because yeah, Suicide Suicide Squad was atrocious. Ass. It fucking sucked and I made me so angry. Jared Leto's was Jared Leto as the Joker was hyped up so much. He sucked. And all his stories on set were I like I don't know why oh. you didn't even bother having another Joker after Heath Ledger. And plus Jared Leto's Joker no was do it better. Jared Leto's Joker was in that movie. If you cut him out, the whole the movie would not have changed. If you cut him out, nothing different would happen and it was so amped up and he was and everyone was like, "Oh, Jared Leto is sending used condoms to his co-stars and he's sending like dead animals and shit like that." And you're like, like, "Okay, that's just fucked up." It's all just attention. It was all an attention thing. Like, like, dude, Heath Ledger locked himself in isolation for 30 days and kept a diary like of his darkest insane. thoughts. Exactly. Dude, oh my. that's that's acting. That's that's legit. Like it's just that is what separates the actor from the artist. Yeah. And because I remember in two thousand eight when they announced heart, it, dude, that he died. Not just, yeah, or that I mean, yeah. that most actors are shitty. Well, that most actors are shitty, but that most of the good ones, I mean, they get so the ones who are shitty just get so caught up in the ones that aren't that. It just becomes so overwhelming for the actual artist. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Heath Ledger just like had so much to prove. Like that's what motivated him because I remember when it was announced mm-hmm. in two thousand eight, they're like Heath Ledger, and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" 
that guy from 10 Things I Hate About You and Brokeback Mountain, he's going to be the Joker, and everyone had a bad attitude about it. Yeah, but no. But no, man, he is the Joker. He is the best Joker to date. To date. No one else could top that ever. Now, you you talk. I got to pee. Oh, Jesus. All right, well, what do you guys want me to talk about? Um... Well, I guess I'll just drink this beer and talk about the first thing that comes to mind. Oh. Hey, check this out. You hear that noise? Here's your fun fact for the day. So, the microphone that I'm talking into, um, yeah, so I have, like, these pretty cool vibrations coming out of my throat right now. Uh, it's putting off acoustic energy and what you guys are hearing is the acoustic energy coming out of my throat and it's going into this microphone now this microphone is transducing and converting all of that acoustic energy into an electrical signal it's pretty cool right um yeah and that's a condenser microphone so there's a capacitor inside of this microphone that has an electromagnetic field. Ooh, yeah, and the electromagnetic field pretty much, you know, stabilizes this current and it sends it back out as an electric signal, reads the vibrations, and that signal is then sent into this box here that turns it into a binary code. And that binary code well, there's pretty much just a bunch of series of yes and no's, ons and offs, and you're getting, well, we're recording at about 44,100 samples per second, which means that every second this fucking box is taking about 44,100 pictures of the signal coming through that I'm talking to, and I mean... When you think of it like that, man, you can put it on such a small scale. It's the same way as looking at an atom or looking at a human in a cosmic spectrum. You know, you can look at everything all the way down to what it is. Looking at this bottle in my hands, you know, it has a resonant frequency. There's a frequency vibration that I can't hit, but somebody could hit that could shatter this glass. Isn't that mind-boggling? And the resonant frequency of quartz is so perfect that they use it in machines. It's called a quartz oscillation. And the oscillation of the vibrating quartz sends off a signal that is able to be read in binary. It's fucking it's genius. It's incredible what we're able to do with technology now. And using something like quartz and the resonant frequency, we're able to power the computer, and the microphone. It's cool shit, man. It's my monologue. Alex is back. Hope I filled that time pretty well. I think you did a good job. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. But shit, like... I don't know. What are we talking about? I have no idea. Uh, Batman. Oh, Batman. Oh, what? I don't even care about talking about Batman. I want to talk about Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Who? Yeah, that's all that matters anymore. Dude, alright. Fucking... You're looking at... <laughs> Alright, so you get 
You get Tommy Shelby as the Scarecrow. Right. All right. Oh, dude. Dude, Peaky Blinders. Fucking... Oh, Peaky... I haven't finished it yet. Or I'm not caught up yet, but it's fucking fire. Peaky Blinders is such an incredible show, man. So good. So good. And uh, so you get Tommy Shelby as the Scarecrow. All right. He's not Peak... You know, he's not Tommy Shelby, but he'll still do. Yeah. And you get Batman's origins, you know, seeing who he was. He was a little playboy coming up. But you see, like, the start of his pain, man. You see his backstory. It builds up. That leads into the second movie, where you have the Joker. Now Batman finally has something that he loves, something that he holds dear. But now it's not it's not a physical being that he can conquer. It's not something that he can beat into submission. No, no man. It's a mental trial. The Joker's playing mind games. Because the Joker's just it. constantly playing mind games, exactly. and he does. And that's the thing is, he doesn't care. It's a mental. Opponent. He says it in the movie. He's like, "You have nothing to threaten me with," and he's just begging Batman to kill him the entire time. Exactly. Dude, so it, you have to. It's the enemy isn't even you know a physical threat. It no. is. He's such a physical threat, but it's all in the mind. And then you get Bane. Which is just Tom Hardy did such a he's almost unrecognizable. Like Tom Hardy and Charlie Hunnam are the greatest actors of our time. Dude, I'm gonna stand by that. Tom Tom Hardy Hardy, when he's in um, when he's in Peaky 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 Blinders. Blinders. Oh my god! Did did you ever see they gave uh, they gave him one season of his own show? It was called Taboo. Mm -mm, Not seen that. It was it was like a kind of a Jack the Ripper like dark magic. What is this on Netflix? No, it was on. Like HBO in like 2012 or something, man. I gotta get HBO. And they only put out like six episodes of it, and then there wasn't enough following. I thought it was so good, dude. Tom Hardy puts himself into the role. Yeah, he is his role. Well, like like the same thing with Heath Ledger. Like when you look at Heath Ledger, he's unrecognizable as the Joker. Same thing with Tom Hardy. When you see him as Bane. He's unrecognizable. Dude, Alfie Solomons. Tom Hardy is Alfie Solomons. He just plays it so naturally. And then him is Bane. Exactly. It's just, it's so natural. But that's where you see him fighting Batman. He's breaking his spirit down. Not only, yeah, yeah. not even only his spirit. He broke his fucking body. <laughs> he broke his body, his spirit. He broke everything. <laughs> and that's where, you you know, everything can be broken. But Batman can still dig deep and Batman? pull himself out of the pit. Oh my God. The dude. Dark Knight will rise. Always. Yes. <laughs> exactly, man. And then the best conclusion to a fucking trilogy. Oh, God. In the very first movie, you get Alfred saying, you know, I don't want you doing this Batman thing for the rest of your life. I, I want you, I want to see you disappear. Fucking accent. And then I'll, I was like, is that your impression? Sitting, is that I'll, your impression? <laughs> that's my Michael Caine impression. My, my Michael Caine impression. Michael Caine. I'll be sitting at some diner and I'll just look over and I'll see you with a beautiful woman and maybe a wife and some kids and we'll just look at each other in recognition and know that everything was okay and then I'll just get up and walk away and then uh, fucking two movies later at the very end of The Dark Knight Rises Uh, after you think Bruce Wayne blew up in the nuclear explosion Alfred's sitting there all sad and he just looks up and there's fucking... You know who really got like you know shafted though was Anne Hathaway. I think Anne Hathaway did a great job. Anne Hathaway did an amazing job. She's sexy. Did a great job standing still and quiet in that latex. No, that was fucked up. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, dude. No, she really. She did. She's a great actress. She was great act. She is a great actress. I love Anne Hathaway. But you're right. I don't think she she got. I don't think she got into that role as much as she should have. I think there was a lot of hype about her being Catwoman. Yeah. 
You know, it was more like I'm tall and flexible, not like I'm dark and mysterious. Uh, I'm not gonna complain about the tall and flexible. Thing. <laughs> That's I, all you, you can't. Need. I mean, I mean, hey, she was, she was, she was, whoa, she was better than what's her face, um, um, Halle Berry, who played Cat in the Catwoman movie. Halle Berry was Catwoman. I think uh, that's right. Dude, yeah, I, no, dude, that was an older one. Yeah, like I don't think she, uh, she wasn't, I don't think she was bad. Who was the last Catwoman? Other than that, I think that was the only time Catwoman's been on screen. That was Halle Berry. Other than a cartoon. No, you know who I was excited for? Well, oh fuck! What, what's her name? Um, who played who Harley? Do you think would be a good Catwoman. Uh, who do you think would be the best Catwoman? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I was excited for what's her face to play Harley Quinn. What's her name? I don't know. She played him in she played him, uh, her in Suicide Squad. What's her name? Um, she was in she was in. Um, she was gonna be the Harley Quinn again. N- oh no, she was in her solo movie. She was Harley Quinn. Oh fuck, what's her name? She was in um, Wolf on Wall Street. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Yes, you do. Hold I on, don't. I got it. G- can you look it up, Jamie? <laughs> uh, Jamie, uh, can you look that up? Yeah, Jamie, can you look that up? What's her name? Just type in Suicide Squad Harley Quinn. I'm totally blanking on her name. I'm so sorry. Yeah, bear with us, guys. Alex is a dummy. You don't know either. Alex is a dummy. Viola Davis. No, that's not it. Oh, Margot Robbie? Yes, Margot Robbie. Thank you. Okay. Wait, I know motherfuckers that are just obsessed with Margot Robbie. I'm obsessed like, with Margot shit. Robbie would have been a perfect... Harley four. Quinn. She's a perfect four. What? Are you fucking serious right now? You think that she's ass. a four? One hundred percent, dude. And I don't think she's a good actress either. You didn't see her on. You didn't see that body on Wolf on Wall Street. I don't look at women's for their bodies, Alex. Oh, sorry, I forgot you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> dude, no, she she would have been a perfect Harley Quinn. And I'm not just saying that because she's sexy. I'm saying that because she could have pulled it off. She can look the part. and She she can act, bro. Have you seen Wolf on Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, have you seen Wolf on Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio? Are you reciting my question? <laughs> yeah. That's, have you seen it? Yes. That's an amazing... No, you haven't. That's an amazing... <laughs> <laughs> that's Dude, who the fuck hasn't seen Wolf on Wall Street? I. That's an amazing movie. That is a pretty good movie. Yeah. That is really fucking. It's a great movie. It's such a great like, uh, like mm. narrative about a character. Jonah Hill Jonah kicked Hill. ass in that movie, I mean, that was dude. Pretty much his debut. Was it? No, he was in Su- Super Bad. Was his debut? Wolf on Wall Street yeah, was, was his debut for like more serious Jonah Hill was roles. In volleyball, wasn't he? And what in volleyball? Moneyball. Money. Yeah, he. Yeah, no, he got a. He won an Oscar for best supporting actor. Which he fucking deserves. That and then, man, dude. Right around that time, he had War Dogs too. Yeah, d- Ooh, yeah, dude. He was, he was doing some big shit. Who and who's and honestly, he, the man looks great. I am not criticizing. Does, the man, man looks amazing, but his weight has fluctuated so much. But it's probably on purpose. But he looks amazing. Like how he's dude, able to actually do. I that. mean, talk about fucking roles. Um, who was it? Uh, Christian Bale lost. Oh my god. He lost. What was it like? The mechanist or mechan- for the mechanist? Oh my for god! Me- yeah, some dude. He lost a gross amount of weight. Yeah, he McConaughey looked- did the same too for Dallas Buyers. 
Dallas Buyers Club you know was an amazing him? movie. You know how they found him? Who, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Dude, is the fucking casting director? He's looking for the role for Dallas Buyers Club. He just goes into a bar and just fucking beat down about it. Can't find anybody for this role. Just looks down the bar, sees fucking Matthew McConaughey sitting right there. Fucking cowboy hat. And he's all and like, I gotta do what I gotta do. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just goes, all right. <laughs> He's like, all right, all right, dude. I know we've probably already talked about this in the podcast. What, true detective, true. Can we oh just talk about true god, detective for like 40 minutes now? Oh my god, fucking ruins of Carcosa. That movie is uh, that show. Sorry, that show is amazing. The first season of that show is by far probably one of the best seasons of television Again, ever. So, yeah, it starts off as just really eerie like okay this is kind of like a ritual murder, it's like, it, like it feels like it feels show. grimy almost yeah and then as you get deeper into it it brings you down the rabbit hole of doubt of the unknown of, of the and unknown. it ties in mcconaughey and hp lovecraft dude and it's uh, Woody Harrelson did a great job Woody Harrelson does a great and so does Alexandra Daddario yes yeah, yeah she did a great job <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, no, that show that that show is perfect. Just the way I gotta rewatch it again because dude, I, last time I watched it, it just fucked me up, man. They felt like such real characters. They really did. Like they felt like such real well, McConaughey, people. That's that's McConaughey. Yeah, and McConaughey, you could tell that was sincere. That was him. You know, that's what was beautiful about it. And Mc- I mean, when you get when you can really relate to that darkness. When you understand that nothing and the fear behind it, and you're able to actually fully encompass and grasp what McConaughey is actually, you know, putting out there, that's it's terrifying. It's it wrenches at you. Like it means that you've shit, been through some shit, dude. Like that shit fucked me up for a good month. Like I wasn't straight for a month after watching that. No, I. That's how I felt after the uh, the first season of American Horror Story. The show went really downhill. I didn't really give a shit. Only the first like two seasons I liked of American Horror Story. But the first season of American Horror Story, I thought I thought it was fresh. I was like, dude, I've never seen anything like this dude, before. Dude, can you explain? Because I haven't watched it, but I, Raha and I watched like Ratchet. No. Is, it, is she? I know that like the nurse Ratchet. I thought she oh, was like I know what that is. she was like a part of American Horror Story. The, like, that actress is. Um, that actress is, but Nurse Ratchet, Nurse Ratchet, I think is about the doctor in the movie um, oh. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes, yes it's like yes, a prequel yes. about the nurse in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But the actress who plays that character was in the series, the anthology series American Horror Story. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. That movie, dude. I watched that movie, One One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, in uh, psychology class in like eleventh grade, and it was a. Ooh, can you grab me another beer? When you get a chance. But I watched that movie in eleventh grade, and I don't think I saw it before. But that movie was that movie fucked me up, the first time I ever saw it. I was so wowed that we were watching it for one in school, and I was like, this is, this is class. This is amazing. But I love One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I love Jack Nicholson. He does an amazing job in that movie. But with uh, American Horror Story, I love the first season because it felt more realistic. It w- it it wasn't trying to be this super odd psychosexual drama. 
And keep in mind, I have nothing against that, but I feel like it was just trying to be like overly sexual for no reason. If a film is like overly sexual for a purpose, like if you watch the movie Black Swan, that's a psychosexual thriller, but there's a point to it, you know? There's a purpose in the scenes that happen in the movie. With American Horror Story, I feel like it was just trying to be trendy and attract like 14-year-old girls, which that's fine if that's your target audience, but that's not what happened in the first season. The first season felt very real, and it felt, oh, wait, grab me a beer. But the first season felt so real, and it felt like it was just doing a twist on like the American Haunted House thing, and I'd never seen it before. And then season two took place in an asylum, which is a perfect place. But I feel like after that, I feel like every season just kind of dropped the ball with like its set and setting. Oh, I appreciate you. So, I mean, less on American Horror Story, but just more on the horror genre. Yeah. What is your archetype for the perfect horror movie? Like, are you more of a psychosexual horror? Are you more of, like, a slasher film? A ghost movie? Like, describe Um, your ideal horror. mm, Okay. I like... I enjoy slasher films, but only from the 80s. Because they're they're fucking fun. And every time I watch those movies, I wish I was back in the 80s to watch them for the first time. Dude, it was just... It's filming different. You get that charisma. Yeah, it's like dark. Like, the first horror movie I ever watched. I watched it when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Me and my brother and sister, we all watched it in our guest bedroom at the time. We all, like, we had we made popcorn, we got snacks, we all, like, got under the covers because we were going to watch our first horror movie, and it was A Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven, which is fucking amazing, and to this day, I will say it's one of the best, it is the best slasher movie ever made. Definitely. It's so, like, dude, the concept... It can get you in your dreams, you like, can't escape. You can't escape. Like, everyone needs to sleep, and, like... That's a, that's that's an amazing horror movie because the concept is super creative, and the dream like the 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 scenes in it are super creative. But again, dude, it's the film style. Like I'm watching, the uh, I'm rewatching the Italian Job right now. Like not the the remake with um, was it DiCaprio who did the remake? What? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I might be wrong. No, but, but the, original. the original with like Michael Caine. Oh fuck yeah! And, but dude, no like. You know, all of the, the secretaries, they're in their, their go-go boots, and they all, like, do their, they re, they reset their glasses at the same exact time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is punctual, and it's, you can tell there's, you know, an order to it, and it's not as, oh, it's well, artistic on the other end of the spectrum. The, well, because back then, when movies were made, like, you didn't make 90% of it in post production yeah now they're like ah we'll fix it in post we'll fix it in post just get this shot get this shot and there's a whole it feels like a totally different world that you're put in and there's something about especially watching horror movies from the 80s and 70s that makes it more creepy we went to this uh me and my friend and my cousin ben we went to this old theater uh and we watched uh it was around how it was around halloween and we watched the old original 1978 Halloween by John Carpenter, like mm. in a theater. And it was fucking amazing. Where he, just, he gets out and he goes and he gets the mask for the first time in the attic. Yes. Yeah. And he gets the mask and all of a sudden he shows up and he starts just killing babysitters. And it's <laughs> <laughs> for no fucking reason. <laughs> and the whole movie, there's just there's just sex and, and tits. Like when you conceptually look at some of these movies, like Friday the 13th, you know, at summer camp. I mean, think about it, man. I mean, I remember 
The highlights of my summer growing up, probably up until I was about like eight, was going to summer camp. I never you went know, to they summer had camp. The, they had the lake there. Yeah. And you remember watching Friday the 13th and then going to camp and like being by the lake and you're like... Everyone's, oh, everyone's always smoking pot. Yeah. They're always like, let's go skinny dipping. Yeah, you, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, it was... I mean, that's not what camp was like for me, but back then... No, you're you like know, 12. It was such a normal thing because, you know, parents had to work over the summer and they didn't want their kids getting into trouble. You know, getting arrested when they had all the free time while they were at work, so they would send them off to camp. It's such a it's such a basic concept that they make creepier. And there's something creepier about popping in a VHS tape from a horror movie from the '80s, and you throw that on, and 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 watching a movie, and you feel like you just it, there's something creepier about it. You know what I mean? That movies no, I haven't seen a movie in the last ten years that's scary. None, none. Dude, Scream. Scream was amazing. Scream scared the fuck. I I still hear stories like Scream scared the fuck out of my parents so bad. My dad's best friend, um, like probably a few weeks after Scream came out, scared the shit out of my mom. <laughs> dude. So my dad was gone, but he left the door open because he was playing a prank on my mom, and his buddy came over with a Scream mask on. Oh, dude, that <laughs> he got a fucking knife and he just goes. He he was coming over to hang out before like my dad got back and he put the scream mask on and my mom was on the phone and again it wasn't like, you know, the cell phone. It was like the landline. Like the shit was attached to your wall, which is fucking That's awesome. five pound phone <laughs> attached to a cord. And he he's just standing around the corner. She sees screams, fucking just throws the phone at him, hits him right in the head, just runs <laughs> out of there. Dude, I mean, it's scary shit. Like, it's, it's, I can't think of a movie that's actually scared me. Since, no, since True Detect, True Detective's the only thing that chilled me. Yeah, and that's not even uh, that's not even like a known horror movie. That's more like a a, a bizarre thriller. Dude, exactly. And I think, to a degree, thrillers are more intense and scarier than horror movies. Absolutely. Well, but it's unfortunate that especially nowadays horror movies horror movies have just become watered down gore fests. Yeah. Yeah, they're not horror movies anymore where they're meant to like fuck your brain up. Majority of them now are PG-13. Psychological they, horrors are the best. Like have you seen movies like uh Shutter Island? Like Shutter Island? Have you seen Antichrist? No, I haven't. Oh my god, you got you have to, if you watch any movie, watch a Lars von Trier film. That movie will make you just. What is that like fucking Antrim? <laughs> Lars von Trier is a is a director. His movies will make you want to just fucking kill yourself. <laughs> like they're so bizarre, dude. And that's out what there. Antrim was like it's like some weird like Bulgarian horror film festival, and like these this kid and this or this girl and his Jesus. I'm not even gonna fucking bother, man. They just summon. They dig deep enough to go to hell to get their dog back. And it's like the devil comes when they're in the woods. And it's like, it's this really weird psychological horror. Like, it's all done on camera. It's like a Bulgarian film. It's fucking bonkers, dude. What is it called? Antrim. Antrim? And I gotta check this I out. I mean, like, mythologically, Antrim is the point on the earth. Like, it's definite. the definition of the word Antrim is where Lucifer was, like, the spot on the earth where he mm. was cast out of heaven. Like where oh, he shit. landed, that's cool. Like that's the stuff I want to watch. I want to stuff that's gonna like because me and mm, mm, a friend of mine at one point, <clears throat> we found this post on Facebook and it or Reddit and it said the most ninety like ninety nine mind most mind mind fuck movies. Wow, I st- I stammered that. Let me try again. 
the 99 most mindfuck movies and we watched them and all these movies are like black swan antichrist cube all these other movies and i like feeling uncomfortable like watching a horror movie doesn't scare me anymore like watching someone get murdered or something like saw saw never scared me like i like i like those movies got goofy by the end but i like saw but I don't feel uncomfortable. Like, I want to be, like, forced to feel super uncomfortable while watching this movie. Like, a movie that, that makes you want to leave, but you want to, like, leave the room, but you need to finish it. That is a movie that's done its job. Dude, that happened to me the other the other month. I was watching, again, <clears throat> Guy Ritchie movie, Revolver. It's mm. Jason Statham and Andre 3000. But it's, the main character is Jake. Which, you know, conveniently enough, that's my name. Of course so I, was able, I was able to, you know, relate with this one a little bit. But it's Jason Statham who plays this who plays this guy, Jake. And half of the movie is his inner monologue. He's narrating his anxiety. Oh, fuck that. So you have Jason Statham and then you have like Jason Statham's anxiety. And at the end of the movie you have this like this crazy build up to this whole like smoke and mirror scene. And it's him facing like him as his anxiety and it's just it's a super trippy like what? mindscape and it's sick like and then andre 3000 is just like i knew you could do it <laughs> it was like all a test or something <laughs> yeah exactly <clears throat> no dude a great movie that makes me one of my favorite movies to date i think i saw it for the first time when i was like 14 or 15 was a clockwork orange i think that movie that movie is fucked up it's fucked up. I appreciate it artistically. I love it. Dude, I watched it. So it much. Was, it was too much for me, honestly. Yeah, like... they I, Again, I only got 20 minutes into it, though, and I think oh. that was, like, <laughs> the heaviest 20 minutes, but... Yeah, like, when I watched it, I was, like, really shocked, and I, I just had to keep watching, and if you haven't seen A Clockwork Orange, I don't know if I can recommend it, but if you haven't seen A Clockwork Orange, <clears throat> kind of takes place in this, like, dystopia world. Lead lead character Alex, of course his name is Alex, and he like he hangs out with his friends and basically like they kind of just run amok. They rob people, they kill people. people. Yeah, they yeah they molest women, and one of them and eventually the main character is held is arrested and held accountable for his actions. So the government basically tries to do this, like use him as a test subject to practice this new invented like, I guess, um, therapy, that now, every time he wants to commit crimes, he feels, like, super sick, like, physically ill, anytime he wants to commit a crime, or do anything that's, like, kind of a gray area, so then he comes back to his town, of, like, in quotes, rehabilitated, comes back to his town, and what does he do? He runs into everyone he fucked over, like, over and over and over again, and all they want is revenge, or they're like, oh, you're different now, and they basically just try to fuck him up. And it's such a good satire. And the end, I don't want to spoil it, but it's such a good satire on how we think criminals and sociopaths work. And it's kind of done in the style of it is so 70s. Like every set design is so 70s. And it's it's kind of done in this tongue in cheek and it's perfectly played by Malcolm McDowell. Like back, back when Malcolm McDowell wasn't in like everything and doing a half-assed job. But he is played perfectly, plays Alex, the character Alex, perfectly. I don't know, it's just Dude, really entertaining. I love movies. You know who I think is a super slept-on actor of his time? Hmm. Is uh, Sam Rockwell. 
Oh yeah. He was in Seven Psychopaths, which is my second favorite movie. I right love behind that movie. Interstellar, Seven Psychopaths is my second favorite movie. I gotta watch that again. Such a good. I mean, dude. Uh, I mean, it's a Guy Ritchie movie. Willem Dafoe. Uh, oh, Willem Dafoe is always great. Chris uh, Farrell. Oh fuck he, yeah. He's amazing. And Sam Rockwell, they played the leads. You get Woody Harrelson in there too. But no, dude, Sam Rockwell and um. I mean, even in Seven Psychopaths, when, I mean, you look at him in anything, dude, there's depth to it. When you get an artist who can add depth to their acting, that's what makes the movie. When they can actually, you get that funny aspect, but then you get, okay, they're, they're, they're really conveying something here. Yeah, what else has he been in? Sam Rockwell, he was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's a great movie. Hamakavula. <laughs> Dude, that shit fucked me up a little bit. Seeing Hamakavula sprout legs out of his head. Oh, Jesus. I haven't seen that movie since I was like a kid. Yeah, that's a... Dude, Alan Rickman... Dude, that's peak satire. Alan Rickman yeah. playing a depressed robot. Oh, come on. Um, Alan Rickman... Yo, R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Dude, he oh was my God. an actor, man. He was an actor in the definition... I mean, he helped, jeez, uh, I can't even remember their names, uh, Neville mm. from Harry Potter, mm -hmm. and uh, the guy who played Ron. Uh, I mean, they, they were like, yeah, Alan Rickman, I mean, when he was a grown-ass man and we were these little kids, he sat us down and he was helping us, like, see the dark side of this industry. Like, knowing, act. Like, the ins and outs. He was helping us realize what it's gonna take you know he was he was a mentor to us dude professor stape killed it in I mean, harry yeah, potter exactly oh my god i mean i mean dude adding a depth to a character like that being able to see okay professor snape you think he's the bad guy the whole time but no he was just protecting harry's mom he's just protecting his mom <laughs> like, and of course oh. obviously he has this attitude because every time he looks at harry he sees his mom yeah exactly man well, apparently, rumor has it, I don't know how true it is, but rumor has it that J.K. Rowling, before she even finished writing the books, when the film started being made, she pulled Alan Rickman aside and told him the ending that she had in mind for his character. So he played it to that degree. Hmm. Where he's like, I'm going to play this like on this surface level, but on like other levels, I'm gonna, on, on deeper levels, I'm going to play it with this much extra effort. So like they really knew how to he knew how to exactly play the part and dude you see that in Lord of the Rings too yeah Lord of the Rings was a that was a film like like Harry Potter Lord of the Rings and Star Wars those are films for gener for a generation do you want to throw Star Wars in there yeah I'm gonna throw Star Wars in there the original trilogy like prequels not the prequels included no not the prequels <laughs> the you don't like the prequels <laughs> as a kid I loved the prequels but as an adult I do not like the prequels. Why? Because I don't think they're very well written. Can I hit that? It's not nicotine. Oh, then I don't want it. Please. No, thank you. And <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of how I can express this. I don't... I don't it's so hard for me to watch the prequels because, one, the CG is so overblown. Um, I think it went to George Lucas's head of how good he was. When he made the original trilogy, he just like, I'm going to just do this. And obviously the production company was like, yeah, do whatever you want. You're a genius. But. Yeah, but compared to Disney, I'm going to put the prequels as top tier. Okay, well, for <laughs> comparing them to the Disney trilogy, then yeah, I agree. They're. I don't, okay, no, you know what? I didn't mind. I didn't mind. Um, 
fuck. What was the first Star Wars? Uh, what was the first one called? I'm spacing. No, not that one. No, that's the second. Dude, I'm, I don't the, know my Star Wars the, like that. The first Disney Star, the first Disney Star Wars. Oh, the Last Jedi. The no, that was the second one. Um, not the Force in, Awakens. The Force Awakens. I enjoyed Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I saw it in theaters and I actually almost cried because I was like, "Oh my god, they didn't fuck it up. This is a good time." Last Jedi felt like a mess, and then the last one, the latest one was 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 trash. It. Uh, why? Because they brought in a strong female lead to fill a role that didn't need filling? I don't want to say that. <laughs> it's just the general theme, man. It is, no, no, because it, it didn't have anything to do with the plot, and they made... No, the thing Same is... Same thing with Brie Larson. It's not like I have anything yeah. against a strong female lead, dude. You get strong female leads that fucking kill it, dude. Like, in, in most things. I mean, <laughs> off the top of the head, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith was the very first one. Holy shit, yo, that was, sec- that was a sexy movie. And not, no, dude, not even the sex No, aspect, I meant sexy as in it's good. Killing it. And, dude. Scar- uh, Scarlett Johansson is Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson is Black Widow? She fucking wanted to be killed off. <laughs> she yeah, didn't want to be in that final she girl's was like, power she was like, get scene. me out of this shit. She was like, no. I was, thank God she wasn't in that, dude. Because, I mean, the thing is, though, they just made in in Star Wars, they just made Rey too powerful. They made you, her. They they gave her no weaknesses, and they and that and when you don't give a character weaknesses, they're no longer a character. They're a caricature. And there's there's the difference because when you're making a strong female lead, you do it in a completely different way than you have a strong male. Because I mean, you can take a movie like fucking Rambo. You can have Stallone, dude. They're trying or to Rocky. Re- they're or trying Rocky. to. They're trying to make Brie Larson the next Stallone. No, <sighs> dude. You need to. Ha- you can add power to a female lead. I thought um, their power should not be. I thought a lot of people didn't like it, but Umbrella Academy I on Netflix. I thought you know they had this. I think it was the first or second season. I don't know, but they had the the plot line pretty much was that the one of their sisters was like. It was kind of the same plotline as Dark Phoenix for X-Men. Mm, um, I heard that was shitty. It, it was shitty, but the way I think Umbrella Academy did it, they add a depth, a pain, that you can get behind and underst- understand the strength of the female lead. Well, and I, I don't even think it's much of a female lead. I think it's with any lead. You need to add a depth to it, a backstory that uh, justifies that strength. I don't care if you, if it's a male lead or a female lead. Just show me, introduce to me a good character. And when exactly. you're, and when you have a female lead, especially like Ray from the Star Wars movies, when you have a character like that, there, which see and 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 the and Avengers, when their only superpower seems to be that they're female. Is when I just lose interest because, like, what if we make like? Because I don't like movie. Don't get me wrong, I don't like movies either. When the strong male lead character, their only their only like strength is that they're a man. Because that's not what I'm getting at. Show me a female male, anything. Just introduce to me a good character that I can actually watch. And I don't. I don't have to. I don't always have to identify because okay, just because a character is a guy on screen doesn't mean I automatically am with him. I'm not like yep. I'm with that guy because yeah, he's a guy. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm just going to fucking say it. the same women that are, like, pushing for this degree of empowerment are the same women who are trying to make Cardi B woman of the year. G- that's gross. <laughs> Ew! 
Which is fucking stupid. Like, Dude, what have is, some fucking modesty. What does Cardi B... Don't even... Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, yes, I'm all for strong, empowered people. People. A strong, empowered individual. But as soon as you just applaud somebody because of their sex, that's when I'm like, well, wait, what have they done? Because keep in mind, I don't care about a man who's done great things and a man who's done things and all he's done is be a man. I don't like that either. I have to fuck... I, Jake, I have to pee again. You rant. Let's talk about greatness. Do Let's it. go back to Valhalla. Yes! <laughs> do it! The Hall of Champions. Do you want to make it to Elysium? The, where you will have a feast before your eyes with the greatest warriors, with the greatest men, the greatest minds, the greatest women, the people who gave their most to their world. Not those who looked at it in spite. And although they may have looked at it in spite, they pushed for it to be better. They pushed for that change. You know, it's about making a difference. It's not about complaining and whining. It's about getting up off your ass and doing something. Alexander the Great wanted to see the ocean. He pushed as far west as he could. He never got to see it, but he still conquered the greatest land that anyone has conquered in the history of our world. And it's brilliant. That dedication, that drive, you need to find that. You need to dig deep for that. And that's what makes the difference between a man and, you know, a person. And when I say a man, a woman can be a man too. And when I... Oh, dude, this is getting really off fucking rails here. I hope you're still following me. When I say a man, I mean somebody who just takes it. Somebody who does what needs to be done. Because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'm a man. There's a difference between a man and a man. And you better know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, come on, dude. You need to pick up that torch, you need to get up off your knees, you need to take your blade, and you need to get some shit done. You know, we stopped tarring and feathering our elected officials like a hundred years ago, and it really shows, man, we're getting too comfortable. There's, we don't have, like, public executions for people. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is going really off the road. I don't think we need public executions, but the point is, we're taking a lot of shit that we don't need to take, and you guys are really letting fucking Cardi B be the face of your movement and it's scaring me because I know there's a lot of people who are far more powerful than that who need their voice to be heard to get that following to get somebody you know some kind of fucking sense in the mix but a lot of us just don't want to take it upon ourselves but I'll tell you what if I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say uh, somebody else will do it somebody else will take care of it and I don't mean like at fucking work like oh yeah somebody else will like you know sweep the floor or some shit like that I mean like oh yeah somebody else is gonna help take care of our government somebody else is gonna fix this shit no you're the citizen you're the person take it upon yourself and keep in mind dude it's not you by yourself you have these the strength in numbers I mean if you even if you're agreeing with what I'm saying right now we have that in common we are people we find that common ground that strength that are, that's already two of us against one and when you can find enough people, if you can get that backing, you need to find, I mean, that person who can lead. And when you get a good leader, I mean, fucking, like, Ernest Shackleton, man, he was an Arctic explorer. Him and his crew, they were, they were crashed twice in the Arctic. And Ernest Shackleton kept their spirits alive. They were out, they were playing soccer, uh, like, on day 60. He was keeping their spirits up. He was keeping them a team. And they most of them survived. You know? I mean, Shackleton died in a cabin that they all built. But 
you know, and staying together, going to that last stand, the end. Are you going to give it to the end with everything that you had? Are you going to die on your knees like a coward? And that's the difference between waking up in the fields of Asphodel or fucking Elysium, man. You know, again, if you if you look at the great Greek poets, what I'm fucking talking about, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, um, I, mean, I guess you can look at like Dante Alighieri's Inferno, where you have hell, Tartarus, where you know you do bad things in your life. That's where you fucking go. You do ordinary things. You do neither good things nor bad things. You aren't a bad person, but you don't take the step to do great things you go to the fields of asphodel which is pretty nice man but if you take that extra leap to do great to push yourself as far as you can go you will reach the hall of champions the field the, the fucking elysium man that's where you want to be and that's where i hope i'll see you one day so <laughs> <laughs> get real what, that's what three beers will do to a man that's true and a but few what? hits of this fucking thc pen called crystal candy that i'm seeming to trust for some reason yeah i thought it was a vape <laughs> and he was like this is, thank you for telling me because some people are just like yeah sure and i'm like wait is it nicotine and they're like no i'm like oh dude fucking like not to name drop or anything you know what i'm talking about but sam's ex-girlfriend was just vehemently opposed to like thc was she really yeah why she just didn't like sam smoking so she was like oh yeah it was just because just weed in general. I think she was on like a sports team or something. Like, you think it was just because maybe Sam smoked too much, maybe. Dude, and she was just like, and she just <laughs> took a, a, a non liking to all of it. Could have been, man. I don't know. I thought she partied. But no, dude. Once and so, rest in peace to my. my dude, I don't even know, want you to know who the fuck I'm talking. Fuck. All right, don't even think about me saying that. Um, one of my old plugs used to get these like. They were like jewel pods, but it was just wax. So you could just plug this shit into your jewel, and it was just like oh. a dram of wax, and it was tight. Um, but I brought one of those home with me one time. We were all over at Andrew's old house, and she was there, and she was like, oh, can I get your jewel? And she was just being a bit of a bitch that night. And I knew <laughs> she just like hated fucking weed, and she just like wouldn't hit it. And I'm like, it's kind of fucked up, but I knew she was getting for like tested for softball and shit, too. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you can hit my jewel. Sure, man. It's totally a jewel. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people are... Maybe that... People change, but maybe that's why some people are just... Some people are so against it. Like, I'm not I'm not against it or... Not weed. I just don't want it. Because I know, like, how I... Sometimes, once in a blue moon, I'll smoke weed again. And exactly. I'll feel You're amazing. against it, which is... You know, that's the difference in change. You can branch off in many different directions, but Alex took it upon himself to say, okay, even though Jake's going to sit here and hit this fucking pen in front of me, I'm not going to say, hey, Jake, don't do that. That's gross. You yeah. Know? I'm indifferent He's about it. He's bettering himself. Yeah. Whereas other people would be like, hey, you know, cut that shit out. That's Trying, bad for you. You know, putting themselves on a pedestal. Well, you that's gotta, why, that's why you I... You uh, check yourself, not others, man. That's why I stopped going to uh, AA meetings. Because, like, <laughs> AA became all about... Um, well, I'm not drinking, so I gotta. It became like a weird cult. I'm not drinking, so everyone else needs to not drink, and I'm gonna rant to everybody on how bad drinking is. And I'm like, well, maybe you know, some people are able to drink and nothing bad happens. You ever think that maybe y- you are the bad thing that happens when you drink or you drank too much? You know, and you just become preachy. I don't like that either. Yeah. You know, because like you smoking right now is not affecting me. 
It's not even a fa- you know. Well, I, I hope not, or else I wouldn't be doing it. No, absolutely, exactly, absolutely. Well, like you're you're having a good time, so like, why would I damper your good time? Your problem is this shit looks and tastes just like a jewel, though. So I'm treating it like a jewel, and I'm just. That's what I hear a lot of people do. That's what they make they make a mistake. <laughs> they they'll take like three extra hits too many. Eyes <laughs> giraffe pussy. <laughs> That's the best. That's the best line. Or no, have you seen that? Uh, have you seen that one meme when it's um, it's a picture of this like crystallized purple, uh, plant, and it goes, "What are you gonna do after you smoke this?" And it goes, "Fold the dishes." <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a funny joke, man? Yeah. All right. So you get a little lizard. It's mm. just strolling down the outback, right? Yeah. Just walking down. Seeing what's up, he's wake his way down to the water and hole, but he looks up and smells something like the fire's burning. He says, no, is my forest on fire? He looks up. No, it's just, there's a koala. He's sitting up in the tree just smoking a joint. <laughs> he goes, oi, what are you doing up there? <laughs> koala goes, oh, what's up, mate? Just smoking a doink. He goes, what are you doing that for? Like... I'm not even going to bother doing the accent, man. No, keep doing it. I'm enjoying it. No. Nah, yeah, fuck it. Yes. Well, like, you can't be doing that, you know? That's not good for you. He goes, Koala goes, no. You, you ever tried it? He goes, no. He goes, well, come up here then. <laughs> he just goes, you know what? Maybe I will. Because he doesn't want to be ignorant, you know? He wants to make sure he has both of the facts on both sides of the story. Right. So he starts making his way up the tree. Finally, he gets up there at the Koala. Koala goes, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> and this lizard goes, all right, man, let me try some of this. So he takes a puff, immediately just goes boneless on the tree, just relaxes, he goes, ah, oh, that's not so bad. Koala just starts laughing. So they pass back three, four joints. Like, they're up there for a while, man. Finally, the lizard goes, ah, oh, I'm so thirsty. My mouth is so dry. The koala goes, all right, well, you know, all right, mate. <laughs> Watering <laughs> holes right over there. Go get yourself a drink. So the lizard goes, all right. So he really stumbles, has a bit of trouble getting down the tree, but he makes his way down to the watering hole. He goes, and as he's bending down to take a sip of water, he's stumbling back and forth, but he falls straight into the watering hole. <laughs> now, a crocodile on the other end of the pond, on the other end of the watering hole, sees this. You know, he wants to go help the lizard. The lizard's about to drown. So he goes, and he gets him out of the water. He goes, what the, what the hell are you doing, mate? Like, you're about to drown. And so I was just, I'm high as fuck. I was just smoking with this koala up in this tree. And the crocodile goes, there's koala smoking in the tree. Can't have that. So the <laughs> crocodile goes up to where the tree was. He goes, hey, what are you doing up there? And the koala looks down on him and goes, whoa. And the crocodile just like, you can't be smoking up there, dude. And the koala just goes, dude, how much water did you drink? <laughs> That's so stupid, but it's funny. <laughs> That's my joke, man. Yo, how it was fucking... It like a five-minute long joke. I enjoyed it, though. I was, like, entertained. <laughs> how badass are Australians, though? Dude, I'm telling you, when I was, like, six, I watched Crocodile Dundee. And then the only thing I ever wanted, and, and oh my god, my idol growing up, I'll tell you the first time I ever remember crying was when Steve Irwin died. Steve Irwin, I man. cried, I mourned for three days straight. I don't think I stopped crying, dude. She was bad. I didn't even go to school. 
I remember. No. I got. I rem- I vividly remember. I get home from school. I was gonna sit down and watch the Crocodile Hunter. How old were you when you were in two thousand six? I was six. Oh, you were born in two thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah, twenty twelve. Dragon Beast. Oh shit, that's yeah, crazy. Man. Um, but yeah, I think I was ten. Yeah, dude. I get home and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Steve was gonna go underwater today. <laughs> my mom was just like, hey, buddy. Facts. It's like, all right, buddy, I have some news for you. It's like what? It's like, Steve Rowan, he died today. It's like, dude, I just, oh my god. I lost that. At that I age, too, that. you think adults are invi- in, exactly. like, invincible. I, dude, I vividly remember laying in bed that night, and I was like, Grandpa's going to die one day. <laughs> Mom and Dad are going to die one day. I'm going to die one day. I remember sitting about... I, remember, I was six years old laying in bed thinking about what it's going to be like when I'm 80. And dude, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I had that I've realization since then. when I watched the movie... Uh, Babe, or Babe, or Will, or Babe, for the first time. With the pig, yeah, with Charlotte's the pig. Web, and yeah, Charlotte's Web. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I was saying the name of the pig. When yeah, Charlotte's Sh- Web. When Charlotte died. When Charlotte died. <laughs> but then when they're when when Wilbur when when Babe find when he finds out that he's gonna be murdered, he's like and he's like crying. Oh, yeah. He's like I don't want to die. But then Charlotte dies. That was my first realization that oh my god things die. And I remember this like so vividly. Dude, I was like my mom was. Charlotte's Web. Oh my god. That was for children. God. It was not for children. I remember my mom was tucking when me in. When they go to the fair. Dude, my mom was tucking me in one night and I told her, I'm like, Mom, am I gonna die? And she's like, Well, uh, eventually, like, yeah, I'm like, Mom, I don't wanna die. <laughs> I was like five or six. And I was sitting there being like, I don't wanna die, like thinking it was like tomorrow. I don't know. But yeah, man, when Steve Irwin died. That was like one of the four horsemen of wholesome. Mr. Rogers is the other one. Bob Ross is the third one. You ever watch Bob? Dude, I remember like a couple years ago. Yeah, Stefan Carl Carlson. That was number four. I remember a couple years that ago. The four horsemen. Me and my sister, we'd get high at our place in, uh, in at our apartment in Leesburg. And we would get high and we'd put on Bob Ross. And just watch him fucking paint. And it was awesome. Dude, you know what such a bummer is thinking about that? Like, again, when you look at music, like, it's you're listening to the people you can relate the most to. Absolutely. Dude, the people that I can relate the most to are fucking, like, Mac Miller, fucking Chris Cornell, fucking... Kurt Cobain. Not, no, in a way. Not Kurt Cobain that much. No. Chester Bennington, dude. <sighs> James Sullivan. Oh, those are my four horsemen. All of them are just dead. And I'm like, why am I fucking alive, man? <laughs> like, I totally understand all the fucking dude, pain they went through. I'm just like, yeah, I'll get through it, man. It sucks, dude. Just watching. Well, watching, watching celebrities you looked up to, like, pass away... Obviously, before their time. That's sad. not Valhalla, dude. That's not making it to Elysium. Mm-mm. Like that. Ugh. Do you think? Do you think Chester Bennington killed himself? Yeah, I think Mac killed himself too. Mac, you yeah. think that was on purpose? Because he died of a drug overdose. Yeah, but he he <clears> had. <throat> um, I mean, the text between him and his plug said he there were he was trying to pick up some. I think it was some oxy. 
and there were uh, there was he, his plug had oxy pills, mm-hmm. and then he had oxy that was uh, cut with fentanyl. He chose the fentanyl. No, he said like, let me get some of the oxy, but let me get a few of the other ones too. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that got him. Yeah, man, like a shit ton of celebrities. They, in the span of a couple years, like it was like in the span of two years, we had so many celebrities die of fentanyl overdoses. Like Prince. It's just dangerous, dude. Like there was dude, Prince, there was Mac Miller. There was, I'm trying to think of another one that was recent. I mean, dude, Mac's a number one artist for me. Mac Circles is, the, is a flawless album. I still love Knock Knock. Knock Knock is song. incredible, but um, dude, mm. Circles is a f- I, when I say it's a flawless album, production through and through. Yeah. Music theory through and through. It's a flawless album. Oh, dude, it's so it's so sad to like, and and a lot of these celebrities like Mac Miller was like our age. Dude, he was a little 20, maybe a little older. Twenty seven. Yeah. I mean, there's what the Twenty Seven Club, dude. The tw- was, oh yeah, Twenty Seven Club. Was Twenty Seven. Kurt Cobain. I mean, Biggie Smalls is in there, but he was only like twenty four. Uh, um, what's her name? Hey, Amy Max was, was twenty six. Okay, twenty six. Yeah, Amy Winehouse. She was twenty seven. Tupac. We have. <clears throat> who else is on the twenty? Uh oh, Jim Morrison. Yeah, dude. Um, Van Halen. Van Halen, dude. All, all, it's so sad. Just crazy. It's like, and then, ooh, no. When Robin Williams died, that that took, was bad, man. That took the world by storm. I mean, that's still, man. Chris Farley, same thing happened to him. Drug overdose. Exactly, like that's what's scary, man. These people who go to such lengths to make those, like, happy. You know, that's why you gotta. Bushido, man. Life in every breath. You gotta live in the present, and you mm-hmm. can't take it all for granted. Mm hmm. On, on its lowest level, you need to appreciate it all. But think of, like, I guess in a, in a dark way, think of, of, like, what being a celebrity does to a person. Exactly, man. Like, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. Like, you think that being a celebrity, like, you're constantly on top of... Like, you are. You're on top of the world because people make you that way and everything is... You don't have to be. It's how you make yourself in the light of being a celebrity. Yeah. Dude, my favorite... I mean, like, again, my favorite artist that's alive right now is J. Cole. Oh, Um, J. Cole. Dude, J. Cole doesn't move in the media. J. Cole isn't, you know, pulling his his full weight on like Instagram, TikTok, whatever. He's making music. He's doing his thing and he's pushing for his goal. He's giving people opportunities. He's helping, you know, he's doing the most. He's helping his community and, you know, I mean, he's part of the black African-American community. If if I'm going to say black and you're going to get pissed at me, I'm sorry. Like just fucking, you call me white, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Like, We're both he white. Does, yeah. He does in, such amazing things for the black community, giving opportunities. You know, that is what it is to be a celebrity, but also a role model. Where yeah. you're taking care of others. And then you get fucking Cardi B. Dude, there was a. a I, I saw this. I was geeking out. 
she was streaming. I, I don't know if it was on like Instagram or something the other day, and she was just dancing to WAP, and then her daughter like walked into the room. Like her daughter's like two years old or whatever. I don't know. Like just walks into the room and she freaks out, turns off the song, stops dancing because she knows. She fucking knows like this isn't right. Like I'm not a role model. I don't want my kids like seeing me Listen, doing this shit. Yeah. So, but you're gonna let a bunch of other people's kids do it. People who forget their impression. But then what's scary is when people who have that weight who feel that they aren't making enough of an impression because of people like her. That's where you get like the Chester Benningtons, the Heath Ledgers, well, the Kurt Cobains. Chester Bennington, his fans were, he was facing backlash for a couple years because of his latest albums because like fans were I'm like That's fair. Were pissed. I, like I was, I'll be honest, I wasn't listening to Linkin Park the last few albums yeah. because, dude, but I mean. But like, no, the, no, you just weren't listening to them. The idea that p- fans were reaching out and being like, your new music sucks. What are you doing? Go back to the old Lincoln part. Like, to reach out, like, dude, dude he's an artist. Man, I would sit, like, my happy, like, my happy place growing up. Like, when Lincoln Park was peak for me was Hybrid Theory and Living Things. Oh, dude. Those are still, to this day, two of the best albums I could think of. Um, I just, dude, just sitting there playing, like, computer games, listening to those albums on repeat Mm -hmm. for years at a time. Yeah, that was, like, Like, the theme song to, those were, like, themes in middle school. But, like, an artist should be free to do whatever they want to do. Like, I mean, granted, you have to give to your fans to some extent, but at the same time, like, you need to appreciate your fans because you wouldn't be where you are without your fans. But at the same time, if an artist wants to change what style of music they're making or who they are. Like, I feel like they should be free to. But when you also look at, now we're stretching here to the underlying narrative that Mm. is the unknown, the macrocosm of the, the, the peak of existentialism. What is the push and pull of the puppeteer, the architect of this all? When you see, okay, we see an artist as an Icarus figure flying too close to the sun with drugs and whatnot. But Mm. when you think about it, what do you think would have happened to them if they were alive? Do you think there's a reason they died? Their death, obviously, you see a huge rise, I mean, in popularity after death of an artist. I mean, that's a given. You, You see that anywhere. Like, some artists... I think even if you're not a celebrity, that happens. Dude, I'll be honest, Pop Smoke, he wasn't famous at all until Mm. after he died. I mean, they say that about a lot of artists, like a lot of, I mean, like Picasso. Yeah. Wasn't famous until after he died. Painters are different than rabbits. Most painters aren't famous until Shitty comparison. And yeah, shitty comparison. But like, I mean. fucking thog with his cave paintings. (laughs) (laughs) But that's true though. It's like, like, as in like, are you at, like, did they, did they pass for a reason or what? What would they have done if they were alive longer? I don't. I don't know, man. Like, dude, I totally see Chester trying to get on some, like, you know, adding in heavy 808s, just deep subs. Yeah, to, like, man. Lincoln Park, because, dude, until it breaks, like, the only rap song off of what was that? Living Things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was geez, 2007, 2008. But I mean, that was where you really got a blend of like alternative rock metal and rap you're adding you're adding in you're blending 
the analog world where you're recording an actual band and you're blending it with a digital world of processing and being able to add in like a synthesis on your computer and that was a really i mean that was pretty much like a 180 i mean oh and, compared to what they but like during, in the music industry especially yeah, dude. it was brand that was brand new nowadays it's, it's a lot more often. And, I mean, and now you don't see again it was a transition you don't see as much band recording you don't see as much analog it's all process exactly like and even if you do get like you get travis scott recording like four bars of you know a guitar and then looping it and you know that's as much yeah. as you get out of it but i don't know i mean you fucking anderson pack though and under <laughs> 3000 doing coming home which is like their come home which is probably i think the greatest song produced in the last few years who Oh fuck! Who was the latest ra- uh, rapper who passed away of like a seizure or something at an airport? Juice World. Juice World, yeah. I mean, that was like Juice World. He, I, not my cup of tea. I'll g- give him his talent though. I like some of his. Songs. Man was exceptionally talented. He could hop on any beat at any given time mm. and go for an hour straight. Mm-hmm. That's I was it was talent. I mean, he was what eighteen, twenty. It was incredible. Yeah, and he just blew up but like again, overnight. When you get that much fame that quickly, you get so much pressure. And uh, what happened is he had, you know, he had a bunch of pills on his plane, and mm-hmm. they were on the surgeon, and mm-hmm. you know, in in, uh, in hindsight, it's always looking at this, but. You know, being he, I don't whether it's being scared of ruining your reputation, not wanting to go to jail. I don't know what it is, but he was still young enough to take more than a dozen pills at once instead of owning up to having them. Yeah, that's what's scary. And you know, I'm <clears throat> sure I can't imagine how alone he felt, and that's the fear. Absolutely, and and that's like you know, it, you're right. It is a fear, and. You create, and a lot of celebrities create this persona that, like, they are a party animal or they are, like, a heavy, you know, their character is a heavy drug user or they're doing all these things. So, like, that's what you have to continue doing and you think that you have to do that in order to continue being a celebrity because that's what, like, did you watch the document? I watched this documentary. It was on Little Peep. Did you watch that documentary? No, I didn't watch it. Oh, dude, it made me so fucking mad. Dude, the vid... Where the how he was found, that was. Um, Did you watch that video? I saw the video. His buddy thought it was of just like his asleep. friend. He's like, yeah, dude. Look, like my buddy's doing fucking push-ups. He's going crazy. Like it was like a Snapchat or something. He's like, he's doing push-ups. He's going crazy, and you just see the camera like the Snapchat turn. He goes, and it's like little peep, like obviously like, uh, not breathing. And he goes, oh, <laughs> like it, that's fucked up. And in the documentary, like. Before he did that show, they knew he was on like five different drugs and he was like barely able to perform and then he did perform, but no one was, no one was stopping it. No one took him to a hospital. No one was like, oh, this is bad. They were like, oh, are you good? Are you okay to do this? And he was like, they yeah. gotta make money off it. Yep. Man. And they threw him on stage and it's he did industry. it and they went back home and, di- and did more partying and shit. And that's things like, no one was like, oh, he's on too much. I mean, granted, I, I never had that thought process of like, Call like call nine one one. Call an ambulance. But I don't know. It just put it in perspective. Like he didn't have to. He didn't have to die. 
because I remember that. I remember my friend called me. He's like, yo, Little Peep just overdosed. And I was like, shit. I mean, I only liked a couple of his songs. I think his best song is uh, when he teamed up with Marshmallow. Um, what's it called? Do you remember what it's called? No, I, I didn't really listen to it. I'm not a big trap guy. Yeah, I, I didn't listen to a lot of his music, but I liked that song. And, and Marshmallow recorded, Marshmallow like edited it and put put it out after he died. Like as a love letter to his family. <clears throat> oh, like, uh, I don't even know, man. Yeah, I mean, it's tragic, dude. Mm. So how are, how are you feeling about this? Because we just hit the two hour mark. Did we really? Yeah. Shit, man. I mean, I mean, if you want to keep going, or we can cut it. Dude, I'm down for like whatever. A, a nice break. Yeah, I could take a break. Yeah, let's do that, man. All right. Well, I mean, like, I'll maybe cut that break part out. But yeah, like, cut us. Cut you us. Record an outro either way. All right, everybody. This has been the Can't Take a Joke podcast. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We're also, right now, on iHeartRadio. So feel free to check us out. Also, you can follow our Instagram at Can't Take a Joke Pod. Uh, yeah, we couldn't write podcasts, but it's Can't Take a Joke Pod. Thanks for listening, guys. This was Alex and Jake. Hope you guys enjoyed.